0: Hello and good day, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Magic First Pioneer's podcast. This podcast is all about the Pioneer format and keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and powerful in the world of Pioneer. I'm your host, Kevin Finkel, joined here by my co-host and a returning guest that we haven't seen in a while. Hello,
1: hello. everybody. Uh, I, oh, sorry. Oh, you're good. I'll go, go first. Back. Yeah, if you don't mind. Uh, yeah, hello, everybody. I'm the Japan Hobbyist. Uh, I uh, am playing Magic over in the uh tokyo area of japan and yes sorry host or sorry not co-host uh uh guest it's your turn who are you
2: hi i'm ashiok uh we are dreams of ashiok on twitter we're the the pioneer legend the one that just keeps trying to make lotus cobra work uh yeah it's your boy and we're happy to be talking about some spicy new brews and decks that are about to show up
0: Yeah, yeah, you're not getting too deep into the bruise yet. More of this is supposed to be our spoiler episode, so... This is always one of our favorite things to do is we love to have a guest on whenever we're going to do our spoiler episode, get a chance for everyone to hear our opinions as well as someone from the Pioneer World's opinions on what the new set is going to do. And we are talking specifically about Pioneer. So we are a Pioneer only podcast. We talk, look at the entire set, and we pick out what we think are going to be cards that will be impactful in the world of Pioneer uh, in existing decks or which can set up new decks on their own. Um, let's go ahead first with some kind of first impression. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you want to go first, Ashiak?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, I feel like... Um, so the the one the one set review that I was on originally with you guys was Crimson Vow, and my issue with that set was that I going into it I didn't believe any of the cards were powerful or had potential. I thought there was like a cute little like some stands that like maybe it fills into this deck like as a one of or something like that. But with this set, I do feel like there's probably some new archetypes that are come through. Mm. This set is definitely a lot higher power level than a lot of the other sets that we've seen recently. Which is really mm. exciting because we did have that gap for about like a year, I would say, where we had like a bunch of sets enter Pioneer and nothing changed. So yeah. Yeah. this actually adding some flavor to Pioneer again is gonna be really exciting for the format, especially with Pioneer being a uh, one of the bigger sets or one of the bigger formats right now. With it being, uh, I think it was like Pro Tour, Players Tour, um, mm-hmm. uh, one of the one of their main sets. So. Yeah, no, I think we're. I think we might see some uh, some new decks, some returning decks, some auditions. It'll be a really exciting, uh really exciting set for the format.
1: Yeah, hundred percent agree. Um, like I was going through these these cards for the survey, and I'm like, this card doesn't fit into any existing arc- archetypes that I can see, but it seems good enough that it could be playable. And I'm calling it right now. I'm going to say that uh, New Capenia is going to just light a fire under the mid-range decks. We're going to see a lot of new ones come from from this set. Ooh.
0: I'm I'm happy to hear some positive opinions from you guys. I am going to be the negative Nancy on today's show the whole time. Uh I have been really down on this set and nothing's really changed me on that. So um you know just to kind of say my piece here, I think the way that I'm really seeing it is my problem is with all these three-color cards in particular. It it kind of feels like if these were designed and they were one color, I bet a lot of these cards would fit into a pioneer deck mm-hmm. here or there. But I don't feel like the fact that they're three colors has power added onto it. It feels like they designed these for the power level that they'd normally design a one or two color spell, but the power level at three colors, it's just not gonna, you know, it's not gonna be enough to make me wanna play blue-black. Mm. Uh, you know, three colors rather than playing one or two when there's just so much power in one or two. And it really, you know, I blame commander here. It's mm-hmm. like, sure. If you're playing a Jund deck in commander, you're going to expect to have your Jund mana. But like, if I'm a red green deck, am I really going to splash black just to add like this one card? And I-, I don't think it's there for me. So I'm really low on this set. I actually, uh, you know, well, all those things are coming out. If you guys are in the playing pioneer Patreon, um, they have a spoiler channel there that people were talking, and I was like, okay, guys, name any card from this set, and I'm going to give you a negative view of it, because that's how done yeah. I am. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's kind of going to be my role here, is that uh, you know I, I have something negative to say about any card you guys pick out, so so feel free to test me here. <laughs> um, ho- hopefully it's better than that. I'm hoping that you guys can bring some positivity I mean, to offset my grumpy old self, but but I think that's usually our uh, our dynamic anyways, so hopefully that works I well. Mean,
1: I mean, I'm, um, I'm your resident Timmy, so... <laughs> You know, you know, I'll be I'll be yeah. all positive. I'll be all good vibes. And Ashiak, are you I don't know, are you kind of a Timmy? Are you kind oh, of Oh no, I a am Spike, not a Timmy.
2: Or, I am definitely a Spike. A I can tell you that I've gotten uh, a couple of uh uh hateful words said my way from spiking fnms <laughs> i've gotten uh, told that i'm not welcome back at one store because i yeah, just kept wow. spiking the fnm they're like we need we need new people you just keep making everyone not want to play because you keep winning and i'm like oh cool we take those
0: i like it, we take I like those.
2: it. so yeah no i'm definitely the spike of this yeah. group and i'll okay. play what's competitive okay. and i'll try to argue against grumpy old man
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, I've also got COVID, so I'm going to try and keep it not the longest so that I'm not, uh, you know, talking for too long and, you know, maybe I'll be a little quieter than usual, but so I'll just jump in here and there and say, okay. I hate this card. I hate this card. There it doesn't go. have a home, blah, blah, blah. And uh, you guys can tell me to shut up and yeah. I'll go sit down somewhere. So, <laughs> and that's going to be how it's going to be. So usual setup for this is that we run through the colors. Then we go by multicolored artifacts and lands. Um, we'll probably try and go a little quicker through our individual colors because there's more multicolor mm-hmm. with this being a three color set. Yeah um, So hopefully you guys can uh, be on the same page with me on that. And then we'll run through what we think are our top five. You know, we we just posted some of our top fives in the pod live chat. Those sometimes change what we discuss them because we're like, oh, yeah, you're right. That card's awesome or that card's bad. I don't know why I was so high or low on it. And then, um, So we'll kind of have a final one that we'll post out usually with the episode. Starting off, White in Streets of New Capenio. Who wants to lead us off? I'll go. I'll go. I have two cards real quick that are
1: probably garbage that won't see play, but I wanted to talk about them anyways. <laughs> um, that's Boon of Safety, which is a one-minute instant for White. Uh, you can put a shield counter on the target creature and scry one. I know I kind of like this, uh, you know, in like the, um, the, the white-red heroic decks. Again, it's not really a tier deck, but I think it, you know, could slot into a side board, you know, slot or something like that. Uh I mean who knows? You know, you know, it could see play. And then the other one is Inspiring Overseer, which is a, a two-one angel, uh, for two and a white. It's uh flying, and whenever it enters the battlefield, it's uh one you gain one life and draw a card so it's kind of like Elvish Visionary, but for, for angels. And I know that, you know, that deck has shown up with the green, white angels in, in Pioneer before, this should be a nice little addition to that deck. I don't know if it's going to help it get any better, but I think it could slot in there. So what do you guys hey, think?
0: Hey, Ryan, I, I appreciate you here. You are talking about cards that go into existing decks. That's right my wheelhouse, so you're doing great here. I will follow up off of you, uh, but I want to hear what Ashok has to say.
2: First. Uh, I think if we're going to talk about Inspiring Overseer and like the Angel's archetype, uh, we should add a diff- an additional card, but I'll save that for a little bit. Uh, but boon of safety though, I think boon of safety is maybe an upgrade over God's Willing in the in the, um, the heroic deck. Uh, the issue with God's Willing uh, in that deck was that you had a lot of the, you would just like have a bunch of copies in hand and you wouldn't be able to really do anything with them. This can still mm. give you the protection and you can cast it as a damage spell while still never having to hold it up because your good creature is still protected. Like uh and you're still able to scry one like the amount of times i've seen gods willing be used to scry one in upkeep and then have no value hmm. elsewhere uh just so that they can hit a land drop or get a get a good draw and this this just has like a little bit more added value of course it's uh worse against exile removal uh but exile removal isn't like the most popular thing in pioneers of right now uh that being like um like, like I think the most remo- popular removal spells right now have to be like flame best bolt and other similar damage based or
0: mm-hmm. fatal
2: push like like this this still protects against the good amount of uh, the a good, uh, good majority of the current removal so I don't know I think Buna safety might be an upgrade over
0: God's willing if I that's deck. interesting I do value the ability to go through blockers that um God's willing gives you but I do like that you could play this proactively so maybe it lets the deck be a little more aggressive because you're not always holding up one mana you can just throw that shield counter on and then keep tapping mm-hmm. out for uh, more more spells. Mm-hmm. Um but I was right in line with the same thought you were with. if we're gonna talk about angels. I think we should talk about Giada Font of Hope. Uh this is one in a g- white for a legendary angel. Uh it's a two two flying vigilance. You know, two mana two two flying vigilance, that's already pretty good. And whenever another en- angel enters the battlefield it enters with an additional plus one plus one counter for each angel you already control. And it can tap for white mana to spend on angel yeah. spells. Um, So this card actually does seem really good, like just just as a solid beater. But also, you know, that deck was desperate for two drops and it's kind of a lord and it can kind of uh, ramp up your lords sooner, your other angels sooner. I think there's a lot going on here. And this is just a a slam dunk for the angels deck. if that deck can uh, get its feet again, which I think this will help do a lot for. And I can see the inspiring overseer maybe making a play in there. You know, I saw that one first. Uh, Jihad was one of the last cards spoiled. Uh, and inspiring overseer, you know, being cocoable and replacing itself mm-hmm. might be close enough to playable for you know that that deck was already struggling to fill out its angels ranks for cocoable targets. How how many would you play? Um, would you be Ob- like a three of That's probably where I would start. Is three of. I don't think I would start with four of. But you know, it's possible that's the right answer. It could end up that it's down to a, a two of if it is frequently an issue that it's uh, legendary. Uh,
2: my and- aunt- my hot, yeah. take. My hot take on Giada. I, I don't think this is going to revive the Angel's deck whatsoever. It might create a new one, being mono-white. But I think the issue is... It not casting Coco on four, which is what you're ramping from two to four <laughs> yeah. with. Yeah, no, like, this isn't going to do that. So, like, I, it already just has, like, such a non I think if we're trying to revive the the green-white uh, Angel's deck, you're going to need a card like Avacyn's Pilgrim, or something that helps you cast, hmm. like, the double-white cards a lot easier, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot less painful without having needing, like, Temple Gardens and similar. However, I think this might make a mono-white Angel's deck a little bit more viable, like the Nykthos... Hmm. Um, book of deeds that kind of style of deck mm-hmm. like uh, the, the one I believe it was um, I think it was RNG specialist or something like that or the seventh prophet I think that was his name that was playing that like uh, that snow Yorion tutor deck with like the angel sub theme uh, I think that might be a little bit better because then you can actually curve out into better angels like uh, I think I, I was trying to think of like better format mana angels uh, like the only one that came to mind is like Archangel of Tithes from Origins which was like the ghostly hmm. prison kind of card Uh, But still, there's just not enough good four mana angels which you're trying to ramp to, which just makes this card kind of underwhelming, but I don't know. I think this card's just way too awkward in too many scenarios.
0: Well, if we are going to talk about the mono white book deck, uh, I'm going to move us on to another card, which, you know, sorry to pick another one here, but Elspeth Resplendent. The one place where I really was thinking of her was that mono white deck. She's fought three and two white for a five loyalty legendary planeswalker, and it's Elspeth. Uh, she has a plus one to choose a target creature, put a plus one, plus one counter on it, and one counter among flying first strike, lifelink, or vigilance. She also can minus three to look at the top seven, put a permanent card with mono value three or less onto the battlefield with a shield counter on it. Uh, and can minus seven to make five, three, three angels. um So, you know, finding book or finding mutivolt and putting a shield counter on it, both of those seem great. You know, she can find things and work well with stuff like Heliod. I don't know if that's still an option, but it seems like she does a lot that that deck is already wanting to do. You know, she's legendary. Mm-hmm. She is a good target for things like Thalia's lieutenants, or Thalia's lancers, sorry. So, um, I can see her making a place in that deck if that shows up. Like, in general, I think that there's not a great home for her, but that that as a already kind of you know niche fringe deck, I think that this would be an easy slot in.
1: I mean, I would say, like, if we ever get back, um, you know, Mono White's Devotion, she would be a good card to have in there. You know, being able to put some more Devotion right into the battlefield right away would be great.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. It I think, combos very well. I think that Mono White Snow Tutor deck, uh, this is definitely the place for it, like some book-style deck. Uh, outside of that Mm -hmm. the only thing i could see it with is like this card can find broker's ascendancy which is kind of interesting uh which we'll Mm -hmm. talk about later but um yeah i think that might be like the only other like minorly interesting thing that this card does uh you don't really want it in a lot of fire decks you don't really want it in a lot of um uh other other shells that already exist so i I think, it, I think it's kind of interesting. I think this card will get more powerful with more sets that get released. But as of right now, I think it's just going to sit on the sidelines.
1: Okay. Yeah. X yeah. um,
2: turn next. Do I, yes, please. Go do ahead. Do you have anything in white else I want to talk about? Yeah, do you? Uh, I think the answer is <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> Ooh, okay. Wow. Uh, so here I was saying I was going to be the negative one. You know, maybe I'm spending more time on the colored because I wasn't picking the 3 colored um, stuff.
1: I could talk about go, yeah. Go ahead if, with another and one then here you Ryan. Can Get the rest if that's okay. Sure, sure, um, sounds good. I kind of like Extraction spe- Specialist. the three uh, two lifelink for two mana and a white. So when, when it enters the battlefield, you can return to a creature with mana value two or less from the graveyard to the battlefield. Uh, so that creature can not attack or block for as long as you control Extraction Specialist. So so basically. It brings one of your cards back until, and then you can't do anything with it until it dies. But once it dies, you can do you can like get value back from it again. I, I kind of like that. If I'm rooting that card, right? Is that correct?
0: No, you're you're rooting, right? Yeah, essentially. I mean, if it has something that's like an enter the battlefield effect, or you know, does something while it's in play, that's also useful for so it, you know, to bring it back.
1: So, like for example, the the two one knight that gives you know one of your uh, creatures indestructible. When you, if you sacrifice it, you know, then getting that back into play, and then it still has that ability that you can just sacrifice it again if you need to, or it comes, you know, back and able to, you know, uh, how could I say, Uh, you can attack once Extraction Specialized. So I like that.
0: Um, Yeah, I think, you know, humans seems like a good place for it. You know, Thalia's Intendant, Thalia herself, as well as, you know, something like the, what is the Catilda maybe? Uh, All of those are pretty reasonable to have sitting back there doing good things for you um so there's some options there yeah it protects
2: uh my issue with and this card attacks. my issue with this card is that you just can't really like cast it on turn three a lot of the time mm-hmm. I don't, it's very rare in pioneer for something to die on turns one and two uh even if it is it's like something very minor like even if you get back a thraben inspector i guess it's like fine but i don't know i don't think i don't think enough things are dying to where this is getting cast on turn three so, like, this mm-hmm. is, like, a 4-mana, 5-mana card, unless we're, like, making some Stitcher's Supplier it, deck with this, which I don't think is reasonable.
0: I keep trying to think how to go croxa into this, mm-hmm. and I haven't figured out a
2: good but way yet. But it
1: is a very good late game. It's a good top deck, I think.
2: Yeah, it's two cards in a top deck, which makes it interesting. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, like, I I, I I haven't put a lot of thought into this card. I think, I don't think there's going to be a lot of things that it can reanimate on turn 3, uh, unless you're trying to combo it with Patchup. up which mm. patchup also does seem pretty uh, pretty okay for this. You get to return the Extraction Specialist, but patch-up, it's a three mana sorcery in white, two in a white, uh, return up to three target creature cards with total mana value three or last from your graveyard to the battlefield. So you get back Extraction Specialist and two Ornithopters, mm. boom, value.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get back croxa and um, a Stitcher Supplier. That seems good. Yeah. Where I was even looking at this is I thought it might work in... Something like, you know, you bring back Patchwork Automaton, a one mana artifact like a Bomat Courier, and an Orthopter. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. non joking, actually bring back an Orthopter. You know, that's a lot of creatures onto your board. Yeah. It's a 3 3 automaton. Um, this seems like an option. So for it. if Luris was
1: still, you know, playable, would this card see any play whatsoever?
0: Yes, maybe, because I remember, you know, there was kind of a black version of this where it would put. Um, it was up to three, but it was only two total creatures, but mm-hmm. it gave them counters. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was nice because it could bring back Luris, and then, you will know, bring back lurrus makes it worthwhile to bring back other things. Uh, but yeah, this is interesting. I think that, you know, if we can get some good value one to two drops, uh, there might be a deck around patch up. So mm. I thought it was worth calling yeah. out.
2: Yeah. Okay. It's again, it's one of those cards that get stronger with more cards that get released. Like if we get another like stitch mm-hmm. supplier kind of effect, then maybe I start mm. looking at patch up a little bit more seriously. But again, as of right now, uh, I'm not too, too high on it. I think I'd rather cast the card Coligan's Command than patch up. Oh my god! Who knows?
1: Oh my god! Hmm. Oh my god!
0: I mean, there are there are decks that aren't yeah red yeah exactly though
1: that um, the, the one one black uh, cleric guy that when he comes back from the graveyard becomes a makes a five five
0: d- demon token. Oh, sure, yeah, Arch-tree bring Vessel. back him and a Croxa. <laughs> Perfect. Oh my goodness! Or just bring back three of them. Yes. All right, uh, I'm gonna oh go on with god. another card That's awesome. here. <laughs> Another card here that I thought deserved a call out was Knockout Blow. Uh, This is two and a white for an instant that does four to a creature that's attacking or blocking and you gain two life. But it only costs one white if you're targeting a red creature. Um, I think that this is a nice tool for white, like, controlling decks as a counter to things like mono red, especially. You know, mono red, red, black. I do think that they might be a little overhyped. I'm surprised you guys weren't calling this one out, but I will also say, like, I'm a little worried that this doesn't hit some of the X4s in the format. Mm. Like, you're never going to hit a thing in the ice with this, really, Mm -hmm. because they're not going to block with it. And you can't really hit Winota with it because they won't be attacking by the time Winota matters. So um, I like this card, Mm. but it's not an absolute win.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, Red has the. The 1-1 one, one mana, 4 damage to blue or white card. You know, this is great to actually have. We had, like, the 2-mana one from Dragons of Tarkir. I think it was Destroy Red or Black Creature and game 2 life.
0: But Yeah, and that's all play. It, it has seen non-zero amount of play during the format. So being I think this able, is maybe better.
1: But yeah, this being able to, um you know, cast for 1 is great. You know, when you're playing its red deck. And that's basically the only deck you really want to play it against, I think. is
0: like mono-red, great sideboard card. No. Nope. Yeah, it's definitely a, it's a nice pressure valve if that deck ever comes too good, kind of thing.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, last one I just want to call it was Depopulate as a. Oh, sorry. If you had something on um, like Knockout Blow, uh, the only other thing I was going to say was Depopulate is another sweeper option. Not sure it's better or if there's any deck that wants it, but it, it's out there if there's a non Supreme Verdict deck that wants a sweeper.
2: I was going to say that Knockout Blow is very, very bad against everything that isn't mono red because Winota. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's it, it's based on the attack trigger that Knockout Blow becomes valuable, and a lot of the decks that. Wanted? To, uh, are they going to be attacking or sorry a lot of the decks that it, you could think it's good against need it to be attacking for the card to be good like winota winota's already going to be attacking when you get value so that hey, this will not mm-hmm. be good against winota whatsoever okay this won't be good it's against it's a budget go
1: for it's it. a budget option to march of otherworldly light let's keep it there we go i'm down for that i I'll okay sure yeah Well, what else could it be okay uh, let's go on to blue here um, you want to go first, Ash X, since we kind of cut you off Yeah, there.
2: no, we're good, don't worry. Um, I put on even the score. Uh, even the score is X <laughs> and triple blue for an instant. That says it costs the triple blue less if an opponent has drawn four or more cards this turn. And it says draw X cards. Now, do I think this card is going to be widely played? No. However, I do think it's an interesting I. Uh, it's it's an interesting space when it comes to get playing against Phoenix or Jeskai Ascendancy. Giving you that, like, draw effect as a control deck against Mm -hmm. uh to try to try to draw your counters try to draw like it like it gives you like a final stand kind of thing or if they fail well you just draw a bunch of cards and you refill and then you guarantee win the game like it's just a it's a comeback mechanic or a uh, hit the hit the i need help button kind of card which is kind of interesting i do i think it's better than dig or probably not Mm. but it still is interesting because like it it gets around the the delves i don't know it's like it's an option
1: how does this compare to like a sphinx revelation or the one from cat where you like draw x for it's like x in blue and then you draw x and discard one or something like that
2: you get to draw more cards for less mana on average <laughs> that is if that they is, that is draw the idea. four cards that is the idea with this card being a sideboard mm. card i don't think this deck is anywhere near a main deck card but i mm-hmm. do think it could be an okay sideboard card when it comes to like, cause like the more the most popular decks in the format are playing cards like Treasure Cruise and other random draw effects, where they win the game by drawing their deck or doing something um, similar to that. So yeah, this
0: seems good against like Treasure Cruise and Pour Over the Pages mm-hmm. only, but like. I feel like you'd rather counter those cards if you've got a sideboard slot for it, or like Narset's Reverse Load or something. Mm-hmm. I'm not big on this, but I'm, I see where you're coming from. Uh. Yeah,
2: I think it's just an option. I don't know. Something to add to the toolbox is always something you want to mention because, like, who knows? Maybe this shows up yeah. in a sideboard in a year, and I get to call, "Hey, I was on a podcast, and it was pretty nice." <laughs>
3: uh,
2: trying to cover my. I mix. have. W- Go for it.
1: Sorry.
0: Sure. what's... The- Go ahead, Ryan.
1: I was going to say I have one card that I added, and then Kevin, I'm guessing you can talk about the rest because I didn't
0: add any. Oh, ability. geez. Okay. Yeah, guys. If you're leaving me there, because you know I don't like blue,
1: but. Um, I don't know if you guys, uh if any of my listeners follow me on on Twitter at uh, Yo Japan Hobbyist, you might have seen that I was at the uh, um, God of pioneer seven in Tokyo yesterday, and one of the decks I was at the top tables for like most of the event was uh, one of the Giruda uh, decks, the uh, six mana companion that you had to pay like all even cards, and then when it comes into play, you mill and then bring a card back, and it was like the clone deck, the Spark Double and Clone deck, and I feel like this. I feel like undercover operative, which is two mana and two blue, it's a zero zero, would fit in perfectly into that type of deck. So basically, it says when you have it come into play, you can enter the field a copy of any creature in the battlefield, except it enters with the shield counter on it if you control that creature. So it just adds more to that combo, and, and makes it that you're gonna hit, you know, like a a clone effect, basically every time. You know, you play well, um,
0: this card. So so that that deck, you know, it wasn't playing all of the clones it had available. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that you're going to add more total clones to your deck by having this. Maybe we can look at the whether or not this count? is better than nice. something like... Uh, yeah, like we can look at whether or not this is better than what is the one that's like... It comes with X plus one G- plus G- encounters G- and is uncounter Yeah, yeah uncounter had uncounter- Alter G- G- altered G- 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 as well. Mm-hmm. If you think this is a little better than Altered Ego, maybe this could be an upgrade there, but uh, I think that's pretty minor for a deck that's not in the meta right now. No. But I'm saying it would slot into that deck.
1: It's definitely uh, a fun card. we got to make not sure it hit the G G three decks. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's all I wanted to talk about. I wanted to add it because I saw that cool deck, you know, yesterday.
0: All right. I'll talk about the fun one here, and then we can talk about kind of the maybe role players. Is Reservoir Kraken? Seems interesting to me. It's a four mana 6-6. Six, six. Uh, which, you know, 4-mana 6-6, trample ward 2. At the beginning of each combat, if it's untapped, an opponent can tap an untapped creature they control, and if they do, you tap the Reservoir Kraken and create a 1-1 blue fish token with can't be blocked. Um, So this looks a lot like the demon that did a very similar thing that was also a Mm -hmm. 4-mana 6-6 flying, uh, that they could just tap it and you put counters on it. Um, You know, giving a blue... Getting a 1-1 unblockable is probably better than putting counters on the creature that they can continue to tap. Um, so I think this is actually a reasonable beater. I just don't think we have any blue decks that want a beatdown creature right now. But maybe there's something like a blue-green beatdown that would just, you know, mm-hmm. eat that card right up. So I'm interested to see uh, if that possibly becomes playable.
2: I think that so the card that we were ta- the card that you mentioned and made the comparison towards was Desecration Demon.
0: Uh, how- yeah, normally i'm good at remembering my old cards i'm gonna blame COVID on this one how-
2: however desecration <laughs> demon fog. also had the the option uh, where it had to be sacrifice a creature and then it gets tapped so you were at mm-hmm. least trading mm-hmm. board state for it this is just yeah it- it's a choice on your opponent and like with very minimal drawback so i don't know this card's just always gonna stay tapped and so you have to ask the question what can you do with a one one blue fish every turn and the answer is not a lot. You, it's, it's, it's it's you can maybe combine it with the cat and dog boy that we're going to talk about later, but <laughs> that's about uh, that's about all that this card can really so, end up doing.
1: I mean, as far as I, they've had a couple effects like this recently. I think uh, Eldraine had like the troll guy that put like uh, food tokens or something in the play, and then or no, there was the. The black one, that was like Glutus. five mana, six, uh, six. Clackbridge Troll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The goat tokens that ate that stuff. How does this compare to those as far as like, you know, having this huge... That one
0: drew you cards because Eldrain was a great set mm-hmm. and this is not. <laughs> so
1: that one's better, not as good.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm going with. Uh, all right, let me let me go through a couple other ones. You know, one of these I think is, I don't know if this is strong yet, but maybe it ends up being the strongest card in the set. Who knows? Uh, is a little chat. It's one in a blue for a white... For a, instant uh with casually one it what the spell does is that when you cast it, you can sacrifice a creature with at least one power and if you do you copy the spell and what the spell does is you look at the top two put one in your hand one in the bottom of your library so if you can ha- if you have creatures that you're happy to sacrifice this is a two for one for two mana you know this could be the next expressive iteration or this could be totally useless but i feel like i had to at least call it out because i'm unsure yet how powerful this is and if it has a home it could be really powerful mm. Uh, I'll also call out slip out the back and witness protection. One is just a one mana aura that turns something into a one one permanently, so that's decent. Um, you know, just I know there's a couple of like mono blue decks that are looking for uh, a removal option for the sideboard, and this might be better than what we have. Uh, slip out the back is put a plus one plus one counter on target creature. It phases out, um, which actually seems like a really nice trick for some of those same like blue decks. Uh, it can be used to remove a blocker, it can be re- used to save one of your creatures. Mm-hmm. And what's nice about phasing is that, you know, something like the mono blue spirits deck is often putting a lot of curiosity effects on their creature. And all of the cards attached to it phase out with it. So it'll keep those safe. Uh, whereas something like a blink would not.
1: Um when did phase out come back again? Like just a few sets ago, right?
0: Yeah, it's been uh coming back into showing up. So phase out is now I would say deciduous. Um, phasing is still not going to be around so yeah. phasing is where the creature every turn phases out mm-hmm. and that's still a uh, a weird unused mechanic yeah they're setting up for
1: you know teferi bringing back with zalfir or whatever right huh. in the next dominaria set
0: <laughs> something like that but uh anything you guys want to say on those two or three or do we want to move to black
2: nah, I'm, I'm good nail on the head
0: Alright, sounds good. Uh, let's go to black. I had originally only put one black card on here. Uh, now it looks like we've got uh-huh. like seven. You know, as we're talking here, we've got a list of cards we're all looking at. Um, so I'm curious what you guys have to say. I'll let you both yeah. start and uh, and go through anything you want to, and I'll just say something negative about every card. I think it's Ashiak's turn, so you can go.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: Please. Yes. I added
2: two cards to this. I added whack, which is three and a wh- or black for... It uh, uh, just basically gives it minus four, minus four, but if it's a white creature... Uh, it costs three last. It's a sorcery. Um, I think it's kind of interesting, uh, it, where th- this is one of those like sideboard options that you may have access to whenever uh, the uh, these cards become uh, with the shield counters. If they ever become popular, mm-hmm. this gets around shield counters. Mm-hmm. Um, it, with it, I, or, wait, no, it is an XL effect. It doesn't get around shield counters. But I oh, it would, it would? would. If if
0: the creature's is 0 zero zero, it'll still go to the okay. Guys. Okay,
2: I wasn't sure if it was a destroy factor. Yeah.
0: What's up,
1: Brian? Bile Blight, two, two black instant, minus three, minus three, <laughs> all creatures with the same name is still legal, by the way. Just letting you
2: know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just d- saying we got a new cyborg card. <laughs> uh, that that okay. could exist. I,
0: I, so with whack I think that the closest comparison was Ray of and I think yeah, Ray does the job right now a lot better, um, specifically because Ray of can kill a turn one elf out of the Winota mm-hmm. deck, which is what you're really bringing in the minus four, minus four. Four is to kill Winota. Um, so that's the... Specific matchup right now where it's most brought in. If that changes, you know, maybe there's a place for whack in the future. But right now I feel like Raven Feebleman just does that role much better.
2: Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, again. Uh, sorry, I, I, well, uh, I don't have a lot. Also, the upside of whack is that you get to say the word whack when you kill a creature, which I think is pretty <laughs> yes. high. I think that's, that's a pretty good a thing. whack. <laughs> you like, well, whack your Winota. That's all I'm yeah. saying. It's a good card. Uh, but the other card that's, I put on here. very 90s. The other card i put on here was shadow of mortality which is 13 uh mana yep and black and a black but it costs <laughs> less equal to your star whatever sorry so it costs x less or where x is uh whatever it is oh, when you're st- sorry if you're starting life total uh is less sorry if your life total is starting uh, less than your starting life total the spell costs x less to cast where x is the difference so it's like a death mm-hmm. shadow effect for cost reduction uh, i think this card is like good in the sense of like This card only gets more powerful when more let-lose-life effects, like Batsi's-esque, like you lose X life to do something. Uh, This card only gets better. So it is something that you have to evaluate with each new set. And I think this card, as of right now, is pretty medium. However, this card, again, does get better. So it's something we got to keep on Mm. our radar.
0: Mm. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty low on it. I'd be uh. looking for a way to care about the 15 cmc more than the uh the 7 7 the 7 7 vanilla 7 7 i just don't think gets through enough things or wins enough games
2: no that's fair i i do agree that i don't think this card is going to be too too good right now however i do see this card being like a hell cover demon or something like that where in like 10 years or like five years or something like that mm-hmm. eventually this card will become like really popular and really good because of some other card that gets spoiled but like like maybe we get um yuriko which is the commander legend or the, the commander ninjutsu card and now this card's a mainstay in pioneer
0: okay okay um, so the one I was going to name, you know, and even this one I've got to have something negative to say about it, is Tenacious Underdog, one and a black for a 3-2 human warrior. It has Blitz, so this is one we haven't talked about, but it's when you cast it for the Blitz cost, it gets haste, and when it dies, you draw a card. Uh, but you also sacrifice it at the end of your next end step. So two, two black, pay two life is the Blitz cost, and you can cast the, it from your graveyard if you're using the Blitz ability. So it's a two mana, three, two, um, and if it dies, you can bring it back for four and pay two life. To swing for three, have it die again, and draw a card, and you can continue to do that. Um, people are really big on this card. You know, I mm. saw someone calling it like the next Tarmogoyf. Mm. I'm nowhere near that high on it. I think this card is decent. It'll be playable in some maybe mid range strategies, maybe in mono black. Um, I do. I just kind of feel like that blitz cost is a little expensive. Like if you're paying four mana, you know you're losing two life. Best case scenario, your opponent's losing three life. Um, mm. You're not advancing your board state. You're paying mana. You're not advancing life totals. I just feel like you're not really. You're kind of just turning water with that, and that doesn't feel to me like you're doing a lot. So, um, yeah, it's card advantage, but mm. I'm not huge on this card. I yet. I like this in mono black aggro,
1: to be honest. Um, you know, it has a lot of those effects already. You know, we have uh, what Scrapheap Scrounger is in there, and we have the uh, of Champion, and um, also. Uh, you know, usually that deck is playing the four four demon with spectacle, and you know, being able to, you know, get your life down there, uh, to kind of set it up, you know, if if you don't have it, if you draw it off the top of your your, uh, your library, you know, you could start putting, you know, counters on that four four flying trample right away, which is kind of kind of nice.
2: Yeah, I think the that the fact that this turns on raid. Uh, for so Champion hmm. makes it a little bit interesting, in mono black. However, I see this card, um, in the in the in a shell with Ob's Nicholas and like Stitcher's supplier. Nicholas. I think we're gonna end up seeing like some sort of like aristocracy style red black mid range shell where Tenacious Underdog would like it. It's a very good creature to sacrifice to Ob's Nicholas. Like I. I don't know. I think this shell is coming together where this is going to be one of the more mainstay cards because, again, this is card mm-hmm. advantage in that deck, and it's really good yeah. card advantage.
0: Yeah. That I can be into. I'm into that.
2: Um, Like, I, I can see a world where, like, you don't have a... Like, you're playing turn one, Thoughtseize. Turn two, pernicious Underdog. You attack with it because you don't care if it dies or not, usually, because it's a 3-2. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not usually going to be trading a whole lot of creatures into it on in Pioneer at least. Uh, and then you cast a, an Obziculus, you get two of them, and now you're just kind of messing up the board state, and messing up your opponent. Now you has to deal with two things. And then next turn, if you have nothing else to do, at worst you blitz this card. Like,
0: yeah, that that sounds good. Where I think was saying is that in the current red black mid range deck, I think that I would rather have Blood Tithe Harvester. Um, that might mean this is playable, but I think this is not as good as Blood Tithe Harvester.
2: Yeah, in a traditional shell, I I would agree but I think I, I, I'm more so leaning towards like a new idea of like an aristocrat style.
0: Okay, I like that. Um,
1: so, question. Um, so, sure, Ryan. <laughs> Gray Merchants of Asphodel is like a 3-5 five for 5, right? It's a 2-4 for 5. 2-4 oh, for 5. Oh, darn. Okay. Yeah, because in one of the cards that I thought seems really strong is Cut the Profits. Um, I just added this on there. Black has really kind of been missing, like, really big draw card effects, I feel. Like, uh, I don't think any deck plays anything other than, like, I don't know, Village Rights or the uh, the one that sacrifices a, a treasure token to draw cards. Mid-range is definitely going to need something that says, you know, draw X. And Cut the Profits does that. It's X and black, black. Has Casualty 3, so you can sacrifice a creature with power 3. And then uh, it says you draw X cards and lose X life. Um, I don't know, there's that uh vampire zombie that's you know it can come back if you gain life, you know, so you know, you sacrifice that and then it comes back, you know, when you gain life off of something that turn. But I think this could be really powerful. You I mean, like paying two life. Or so you can pay basically you can pay four mana and draw what, four cards? Um, which is like if a really you're strong effect. That creature, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which could be a really strong effect, I think.
2: Uh, but I, a- I think the issue with cut the profits is that you'll end up seeing like black decks going to other colors for card draw, and then mm-hmm. just have solid standalone black cards. And like mono black aggro doesn't overly care about card draw enough because your cards are already really efficient. I think cut the profits. Will... Well, not
1: aggro. I'm thinking yeah. midrange. I'm thinking like devotion or something like that.
2: Well, we haven't seen mono black yeah. devotion since I think Squatchy brewed it yeah. on a stream two years ago. Yeah, yeah. So exactly, it's been a minute.
0: Um. I had one other card. I'm not a fan. You know, you're trading mana, life, and board state for cards. Um, I feel like maybe that's not really what midrange wants to do. Yeah. Maybe.
1: I'm just saying the card draw is always good. Nobody hates card draw.
2: I hate card draw. I hate. Draw a
1: card. Yeah. Um, But I had one where I wanted to talk about real quick, and that's Extract the Truth. It's a uh, two mana sorcery, one in a black, and you can choose one. You can basically duress somebody's hand you can uh, uh re- sorry t- says so target opponent reveals their hand you can choose a creature enchantment or planeswalker card and then uh, that player discards that card so i guess you can't hit instance or sorceries but that's fine and mm-hmm. then the other uh ability is target opponent sacrifices and enchantment and where i could see this thing play is those decks that do not want to get rest in peace so um or ripped i should say uh, any deck like Greasefang, or um, you know, maybe like uh, like the Rakdos uh, midrange. I don't know about macros midrange, but maybe the uh, Rakdos Anvil decks or something would definitely want this in their sideboards instead of something like Feed the Swarm, because you can still get rid of the Rip, or you can just kind of hit like everything else in their hand. So, what do you guys think?
2: I think the only added benefit this card has is killing uh, Xenagos or not Xenagos, some um, clothies. Cloth uh, mm-hmm. like yeah. that's about it. Uh, which might be an issue for those decks if Red Green Midrange ever pops up. But sadly, mm. I, uh, I I think this card's cute. I think it might go in my 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 popper cube. But that's about it.
1: <laughs> so you wouldn't play yeah. this over feed the swarm?
2: Nah, being able to destroy stuff and I'm oh, sorry, being able to destroy creatures as an added benefit is better than duressing most of the time.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Um, so the last one I want to talk about is more of a question is how hard do you think this... You, there's a couple of these cards that are like if there's five or more different mana values among cards mm. in your graveyard, um, I don't know how easy that's going to be able to achieve. I feel like it's going to be very difficult to achieve, but if it's possible, there's a 2-3-for-2 with Menace lifelink that can pay one, sacrifice a creature to look at the top card of the library and if you want to put it in the graveyard, which is kind of meh. But the main thing is at your end step, if there's five or more... Of those mana values in your graveyard, you can pay two life to draw a card. I um, so two three menace life draw a card at the end of your turn would be a pretty nuts card if that's a reasonable thing to achieve. I liked Sanguine Spy actually. Like I think it could fit into Vampires
1: because Vampires is playing one two three and four and five drops. You know you got Calatus, you have the champion. uh Was it so is that the champion's a five mana one? And then yep. you got Sorens, of course, and you have other three drops. Mm-hmm. You have um, Dusk Dusk Zealots or Dusk Legion Zealots and you have uh the Knight of Ebon Legion. And uh, of course you're playing Thossies and stuff like that. So you have more than enough cards. I think this could definitely see plays like a two of in that deck because paying that one mana to sacrifice like your Dusk Legion, it's already done its job. And then you know, you get to like play another, you know, uh better vampire off the top of that, I think that's good.
2: I think this card having I mean, menace is its only upside. I don't think you're really gonna get that many cards so like in the vampire shell, you you never have issue with card draw. You always have enough card draw. Like Champion mm. of the Dusk and Dust Lean it will fill your hand a majority of the time. So I look at it for the other modes, uh, and I'm like, this menace, lifelink two three is like kinda okay, I guess, but like mm. we have Nighthawk Scavenger, which is probably better. So mm. this card doesn't really interest me for a vampire shell. I think this card is like an against the odds commander card.
0: Okay. All right, I'm down. All right, let's move on to red. Yeah, sounds good. Oh my god, you guys have added a bunch of bad stuff to red. Hey, maybe nah, add some nah, bad nah, stuff nah, too. Nah, nah. All right, <laughs> should
1: I start with the bad stuff? I got a lot of bad stuff. Uh, sure. Why don't you give just us shoot your it your down, down real quick? Rhyme. Okay. Um, first one I like uh, is Big Score. It's a four mana instance That says, as an additional cost to cast a spell, discard a card, and you get to draw two cards and create two treasure tokens. And I know you know, Magma Opus is a magnum? magnum opus. Um, decks uh, might want to play something like this actually. Um, it's a great way to put uh, you know treasure onto the battlefield to kind of ramp up to that that big effect you know to get to your um, uh, how can i say to play your magnum opus or to uh, get to your uh, gear hulk to uh, flash flash something back Um, so i think this could definitely see play in there Uh, yeah so
0: it there there's an existing card in the format which is two and two red for the exact same uh, text um, and that sees not complete zero play mostly zero play but you know this is slightly better it's it's a little bit more splashable which some of those deck cares about mm. some of those decks care about so yeah i think that's a fine call out as a just a uh, minute improvement over an existing card
2: yeah um, i agree
1: yeah okay and the other jank cards i had Sorry, i'll just go over the janks real quick um calling a professional it's like skull crack but i guess worse um, players all can't hours. gain life this turn, damage can't be prevented this turn, conference still three damage to any target. I wanna say um the uh, skullcrack was only player, right? It was, yes. yeah. Yeah, so this you pay an extra mana to be able to target anything. But it's it the same thing.
2: It's three mana. Yeah. Oh, I'm done. We 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 okay. said it's three mana. Yeah. That's all I care. <laughs> okay. It's done. Okay.
1: And, and my then interest. my my other jank card that I wanted to talk about is Pyro Sledge Arsonist. <laughs> it's a two and a, a red, it's a two-two, uh, a creature and uh, you can pay one and tap it and it deals uh x damage to any target where x is the number of permanents you sacrificed this turn and where i could see this scene play is like the uh, black red anvil deck um you set up it's like basically uh mayhem devils uh five and six and uh you know you have a big turn where you have a lot of uh, stuff in play you have multiple anvils and treasure tokens and all that stuff and you just you know sacrifice 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 and it deals X damage, you know, so like you you have already dealt like what six or seven with your um you know, your Mayhem Devil and then you tap one mana and it does another seven, you know, to it. So I think it's worth trying out in that deck. That's where I see it being played.
0: You know, pretty much as a rule, I don't play three mana two twos you know, three mana X twos that don't get any value on enter the battlefield. Okay. Um I, I'm ready to write it off just for that. Okay.
2: Ditto. Let's get out of
0: here. Okay, okay, you guys, right, your perfect. turn. Go ahead. All right,
2: all right, I want to talk about my hey. jank.
0: Okay, I have some jank too, so yeah, go for it. I, I,
2: I put on the list sticky fingers, but I actually think this card is kind of busted. I think this card's kind of good. So, it's a one-mana red enchantment uh, that it enchants a creature, and then it gives it menace, and then it says whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you create a treasure token, and then it says when enchanted creature dies, draw a card. Now... If we're looking at that heroic deck from before that we mentioned, if you mm-hmm. play a turn one, I forget what the white one drop is. It's like Hopline of Eroes or something like that. Um,
0: but you favorite hopline, yeah,
2: that one. Uh, so you attach this to it on turn two. You now have a menacing big dude that is even harder to kill. That consistently gets you value with treasure tokens, which makes your cards like Feather a lot more castable, and it allows you just kind of like cycle through. Like it allows you to just go bigger, quicker which is mm. super interesting and at worst this creature dies and you draw a card like it just mm. you cycle your creature now which is like or cycle the the cycle your um your burns spe- your burn spell which would be like the spells you're already casting so i think just giving this like a permanent value and making your key targets a lot more must kill and like mm-hmm. i understand like if it gets killed by like whatever in response obviously you lose the spell but like you were going to lose your spell anyway with heroic
1: I like it a lot, too. Okay. I agree. I just don't know if it goes in heroic, because heroic's got, like, arcanist and stuff in there, and feather. so I think it might be, like, there might be, I don't know, was there, like, a Naya
0: auras deck in the past? I can't remember. Red-white auras, maybe? I don't know, you could probably do it. There's the so. one
1: that brings everything back from the graveyard and puts it on him, and he has haste, right?
2: Oh, uh, that's a, ooh, Storm Herald oh, takes... arcanist, or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Storm Herald combo, that deck's bad. <laughs> yeah. but I like All the right. card, I'm just not sure where it goes.
2: Yeah, I think this card is, like, yeah. kind of nuts.
0: Kevin? All right, I'm going to, yeah, I've got some jank, too. So um, here's one that I'm actually, like, this is a little common that might actually be playable in something like Mono Red. Is one in a, It's Mayhem Patrol 1 in a red for a 1-2 Devil Warrior with Menace. And whenever it attacks, target creature gets plus 1 plus 0 until end of turn. But what interests me is it has a Blitz cost of 1 in a red. So you can cast it for the Blitz cost. It gets Haste. And when it dies, you draw a card. So... Basically, the way I'm reading that is I'm going to swing for two damage and draw a card for two mana. Mm. Um, Like, I feel like red burn decks Mm -hmm, would be mm -hmm. happy to play a card that says deal two to an opponent, draw a card. Um, So maybe this is interesting. You know, maybe it's not, but like there's a little bit of upside possibility. And uh, I just think it's a nice little aggressive card that could actually see some play. Mm.
2: Yeah, I think it's a lot. I think it's a lot more interesting when it because because it says target creature so it can target itself versus another target creature so mm-hmm. i think this, that makes that mm-hmm. card a little bit better but again i don't really see a sell for it but i think it is interesting i'll give you that
0: yeah okay um i've got a couple other ones here so devilish valet is a card i'm really excited to brew around i don't know if it'll actually be good it's two a red for a one three devil warrior trample haste and whenever another creature enters the battlefield the devilish valet doubles its power uh, just its power hmm Um, So, you know, it goes from 1 to 2, 2 to 4, 4 to 8, 8 to 16, 16 to 32. You know, if you have anything that's giving it pluses, those will also help apply multiple times. Um, Could be some quick ways to combo kill with this, and Mm, I think it's mm. reasonable with some cards that exist already. So uh, I'm going to be brewing around this one. Maybe I'll have a a deck with it for our early brews for the season. Uh, It could end up being unplayable, but I think it's a card at least worth trying out.
1: It gives me, the um, what was it, the energy, uh, the energy guy, Play, pay three the power. power. Yeah, it gives me those kind of vibes, actually. But, yeah. Anyways, uh, anyway, uh, you guys mind if I add yeah. one? Yeah, go ahead. And then you guys can get the rest. Uh, I actually like Goldhound. Um, I, I, hmm. I think you guys, somebody else uh, added it on here. It's a 1-1, one, 1-red. One, uh, one it's a treasure dog. It has First Strike, it has Menace, and you can sacrifice it to add one mana of any color. This is amazing on a common. All of these stats. Menace, what? First Strike, what? Sack it and it's it's a red, you know, mana dork, what? Yeah, I don't know where it's going to go. It's going to see play somewhere, though.
2: I think the fact that we now have Treasure yeah, I- as a creature type makes me happy, <laughs> but...
0: So it's not a creature type; it's still only an artifact type. You couldn't like name treasure for something that creates, you know, a creature. It says treasure type. dog. Yes, it is an artifact treasure and a creature dog. dog. On the treasure. Uh, that's just happened. I don't know. I'm just,
3: <laughs>
2: but yeah, no, I actually think this card's kind of decent. But uh, red ramp is not something that's been like sought after. So it mm. it's one of those things where sticky fingers is good. Maybe Goldhound's also good, but yeah. Oh.
1: You know, this could maybe be big red. Yeah, I don't know. You know, something that you know's got like a lot of Chandras and you know the other five drops like Glory or something. Would love to see a four turn four, you know Glory Bringer, right?
0: I think I'd be more interested if we had something like a red and soul deck back. Um, I mm-hmm. would love to see you know the artifact creature part of this is probably what speaks most to me, yeah. especially with already having oh, first strike and invasion. menace.
2: Yeah, yeah. Five five yeah. on turn two attacking.
0: Um, nice. Yeah, don't mind if I do. Uh, Another one I'm interested in is Jaxus, the Troublemaker. So this is four mana, two three, legendary human warrior. Uh, you can, but again, it's a Blitz card, so maybe I'm interested in Blitz. It has a Blitz cost of one in red. Uh, but what it has is red tap, discard a card, create a token that's a copy of another creature you control. That token gains haste, and when it dies, you draw a card and you sacrifice it at the end of the next end step. So basically, it gives another, it makes another like creature, but that creature will draw you a card. So you're, you're discarding a card to draw a card. And make a token copy of a creature is sort of what it's doing. But it can also blitz itself to do that. So mm-hmm. you could pay it like, you know, three mana to copy something and replace both of those cards. Like mm-hmm. there's something here. I don't know at all what shell, but I think this is an interesting card. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if it was one of you guys saying this, I would say, hey, what shell does it go into? But uh, I'm going to break my own rule here okay. and say that it has potential somewhere.
2: Yeah. Another one of those cards that get better with time, but we don't know what shell. We're not the ones that are going to break yeah. this. Someone else smarter will break this. No.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what I think all the time, because,
0: yeah. <laughs> is, is that a segue into the last card I want to talk to, which is a professional Facebook? Oh, that breaker? is a great segue. <laughs> mm. um, again, I don't have a shelf for it, but it's a 3-mana, 2-3-menace human warrior. Whenever one or more creatures you control deals combat damage to a player, you create a treasure token, and you can sacrifice treasure to exit the top card of your library and play that card this turn. Um, so none of the existing red aggro or sacrifice decks wants this, but... It does make treasure every turn, and can turn oh. your treasure into cards if you don't have something to use on it. So Why? it's it's gotta have some potential. Why do I want to play this with Magda for some reason? I don't. Or know. <laughs> because play with
2: sticky fingers.
0: Because <laughs> uh, huh. I'm surrounded by. Hey man, I'm just trying to push
2: sticky fingers because <laughs> I think that card's kind of sick. But another card I think is kind of sick. All Last right. red one we're going to talk about: Urbrask, Heretic Brainer. Sure. Uh, it's three and two red for a four four. Uh, with haste, and at the beginning of your upkeep, you exile the top card of your library. You can play this until end of turn, but at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, the next time they would draw a card, they instead exile the top card of their library and they may play it this turn. Um, I think this is a very, very interesting card where the red green agar deck exists. Uh, we're getting static from someone's mic. Hmm. I don't know if someone hears it. There you
0: go. Yeah, I'm anyway.
2: Is it me? Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, uh, with this card, I think that it's uh, really interesting that red green stompy deck that kind of existed a bit ago uh with it being something that uh, stops opponent card draw uh so like they can't hold up counter spells they can't hold up like like it forces them to cast cards now which makes it a lot less optimal i i think it's a lot more disruptive and it also creates card draw for yourself as opposed to glory bringer which is controlling the board i think this is a lot more of a meta call over glory bringer but i do think it is uh, it, it could have a place in Pioneer at some point as one of the top-end cards that still generates you card advantage um, and disrupts your opponent, which is Gruul is traditionally pretty decent at.
0: I don't like it. The only reason I might be interested is if we're doing it with the... um. There's a combo that stops opponents from playing things from oh, exile. Like, but yeah. no, I, I'm not. I'm not. I don't have much I want to do with this card. What about you, Ryan? Uh, I'm fine with. Uh, I'm not, I don't. It seems more EDH. You, you want to move on to green, is what it yeah, sounds like. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. Yeah, to I'm big
1: stupid Timmy attackers. Um, should I start since I'm the resident? Timmy? Yes, please go ahead. All right, I'll just go with the Timmiest card of the stack, and it's Titan of Industry. It's a four mana, green, green, green. So seven mana total. Seven, seven, reach, trample. When it enters the battlefield, you get to choose to destroy a target artifact or enchantment. Target player gains five life, creates a four-four Rhino Warrior creature token, or put a shield counter on a creature you control. What? Thank you. Um, this is this is something I would maybe put in the sideboard of a uh, Monogreen Devotion deck with like Vivian. If you're going for that, or you can just play it in the main if you want. But I would probably just put put in the sideboard as a, a Vivian target because that is insane. Um, you get that mana, you you minus vivian and then you have pretty much anything you need you have life gain against you know uh aggro decks you have artifacts and enchantment hates uh you have you know put 11 uh, power on the board you know for for seven mana that's
0: good or yeah, I don't know well, you, you choose two you time. could put you could just put 15 power on the board if you want to can you do that uh can you, you put can't do the same one twice. same time oh no you can't do the same one yeah. twice yeah that's right so yeah you can choose two
2: but yeah what do you guys think I think that I'm gonna put this card in a Genesis ultimatum deck so I can get a spicy tweet, but that's about it.
0: <laughs> oh really? I-, I think it's actually maybe not so expensive that it's not unplayable. Like I think this card could see play, and if it does, it'll be pretty powerful. Like I think this is worth ramping into. Mm. And I haven't felt that way about a seven drop in a while, so I- I'm interested. I do wanna call out one nice thing on this card is the put a shield creature put a shield counter on a creature you control doesn't target. So for example, if you say, create a 4-4 warrior and push shield counter, and they kill the Titan in response, you can put that shield counter on that warrior, um, or like, you, you, it's not like you're going to put the shield counter on this and they kill it in response, so I, the shield counter resolves at the same time, and you can put it on the warrior that you just made. I kind of want to try Eldrazi Ramp again, but I, I want to drop
1: World Breaker for this.
2: I think, that with, I think that this card's worse than Elder Gargaroth, the more and more I look at it. I don't think it's better than Elder Gargaroth, so hmm. I don't think it'll see play.
0: Play both. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> just no. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, can we interest you in some other big green dumb things? Like a 5-mana, 5-3 Rhino Warrior with trample that when it enters the battlefield, you gain 3 life, and when it dies, you make a 4-4, and you can blitz it for 4-2 and two green. I like this a lot. I- I'm, not, no, I'm not interested in this just because it doesn't have a home, but... I, I would love for it, to, uh, you know, we'll play Rhino Tribal or something with Siege Rhino, but like this, this just feels like a relic of the past at this point. Yeah, yeah, they'll definitely see play.
2: No, nah, this is Thragtusk at home, and Tusk doesn't have a home, so <laughs> it's got, it's a trampling Tusk. Did do also be a hasty boy?
1: And you get a four four
2: when it dies, not a three three. That's fair. You know, if we're somehow
0: <laughs> junding them out, I, I'm into it, but I don't. think the Jund that's hasn't
2: happening. been playable since the format exception where people were casting the card <laughs> Murderous Rider.
0: Yeah, there we go. Uh, but
2: however, a card I am interested right. in is uh, uh Stomper, which is one green green mm. for a four four plant dinosaur with vigilance, and on ETB it searches for a basic land and puts it into play tapped, mm-hmm. but then it can't attack or block unless you control seven or more lands. And as the resident Lotus Cobra gamer, um, this, okay, okay. this 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 <laughs> this gets a little interesting, you know? Like I don't getting to seven lands with that Genesis Ultimatum deck wasn't like the hardest thing in the world. So, this also being flickerable by Yorion is kind of interesting, it being a 4-4 Vigilance, like, it's it's a pretty hefty blocker and attacker when you do get it online, and the question is, how often do you get it online? I think the answer will be pretty mm. often, because this being able to help me ramp into Omnath a lot easier, mm-hmm. kind of makes me interested. I don't know. I, I, this is a card I will play with, and I will yeah. test a bit with. Do I think it's going to be, like, breaking the format? No. But I do think it's something to look at.
1: I see a flaw in your plan. What's up? Omnath is a four-color deck. Yep. And it's probably going to be playing a lot of basics. So you get like what? two hits three hits maybe if you're are you gonna play one of these
0: two of these four of these
2: uh in a Yorion deck you play four of these and then you play six or seven basics alongside fable passage that's how the original deck okay. used to yeah like. you're
0: already having to play a lot of basics in that deck okay. so okay um that's reasonable um, I- i'm glad you're also sold on this because it's a card i like um and i think that a lot of people were kind of comparing it unfairly to wayward sword yes. tooth so that was a card from a while ago that was two and a green for a five five with ascend so it's like you can't attack or block with it until you have ten or more permanents, mm-hmm. um, and it let you play a land every turn. I don't think that's a fair comparison. I think where we should be comparing this to is cultivate, mm. um, because that's what this really is. Is cultivate puts a land, you know, a basic land into play. This puts a basic land into play. Cultivates upside is that you get an, a land in hand as well. The upside of this is that sometimes you have a four-four four vigilance attacker later in the game, or you can sacrifice it to something, or you can you know crew a vehicle with it something like that and for me i think that there is potential like you know there are things that i love having a four four Mm. sitting around so i like the potential for this i'm gonna want to try and build with this card
1: Yeah, it'll definitely maybe enable some some more uh, shenanigans with lands um, should I go next? This is my turn again. Yeah, go ahead. What do you got? Um, one card I was kind of excited about is Gala Greeters. It's a one, one for one and a green. Uh, it has Alliance. I don't know what Alliance is yet. So, it's a, so basically, okay, <laughs> when, when another creature enters a battlefield under your control, you can choose one that hasn't been chosen this turn. So, if you have three creatures chosen, you can choose each of them. Uh, otherwise, if it's only one, you can only choose one. So, uh, the first effect is put a plus one, plus one counters on that. So, it's kind of like a evolve uh, effect, i would say um uh, the next is create a tapped treasure token okay it's not bad and then the third choice is uh, gain two life so yeah i think this has good value whenever i see a lot of text on a green card i like it
2: uh i don't know you
1: know for example gargaroth or um i don't know whatever else but what do you guys think i think
2: that this card has a little bit less going for it because this is the comparison i would make would probably be um prosperous innkeeper which has immediate Mm -hmm. value while this has more delayed value um it being an elf doesn't really matter else has been dead in this format for years and i don't think it's ever coming back um (laughs) this this just Mm doesn't solve a lot of the problems that a lot of the decks other have and it's a lot more slower than prosperous innkeeper albeit better with time but immediate value is mm-hmm. what you want off of your two drop and this is not doing it so if it said like not a tapped treasure token maybe i'd be into it like just like a treasure token
0: but mm-hmm.
2: I-, I can't be that interested in this
0: that's a big thing for me as well you know if you're playing this on turn two playing a creature on turn three you're not getting mana out of this until turn four you know that's two turns slower than your prosperous innkeeper. keeper mm-hmm. I-, I agree with you there Alright, uh, uh, your turn. Yeah, go ahead. Why don't you go with one? Of course! I would
2: love to go with one. I would love to go with Evolving Door. Uh, it's two and a green for an <laughs> artifact that <laughs> says one, sacrifice a creature, count the colors of the sacrificed creature, then search your library for a creature card that's exactly that many colors plus one. Exile that card, you may cast no. <laughs> the exile card, activate only as a sorcery. Now, this is what we call Birthing Pod at home. This card is like, it. <laughs> it is obviously not as good as Birthing Pod. I, it, it will never be. However, it mm. is very interesting to where one card can break this card. As of right now, we don't have an infinite combo with this card, but this card can be like a value-based... Like, we haven't really seen... Like, the only toolbox deck we have seen in Pioneer is the Enchantress Ignatic Incarnation deck. Does this fill the role that... that sorry, does this make a new deck? Probably not. But there's something in my mm. heart that just wants me to put an Omnath into a Niv at some point, so I'll try it. Mm. But do I think it's gonna be like game breaking? Probably not. But I do think it has a lot of potential. Yeah,
0: I, I, I'm not with you. <laughs> I'm not with you at all on this one. Like you, you said this is like you know a worse version of Birth and Pot. I think this is a worse version of a basic forest, because I would rather have a basic in my deck than this.
2: Huh. I,
0: I think just like the <laughs> fact that, you know, it's activated as a sorcery nice. and the fact that you have to pay the mana for the exiled card, mm. like you're just never gonna get any kind of value off of this. I, I really, really don't like it. Oh,
1: right. yeah, I thought it's too big brain for me again I'll leave it to other people to to try to break it
0: yeah no like this
2: is just like something that could exist or something that's good I do think it's pretty bad mm-hmm. but hey who knows <laughs> okay. anything that says find a creature card you kind of gotta think about it a little bit more because the, the amount of like a lot of people were wrong about a lot of cards that ended up saying that text but there's another one that we might have to look at which is Vivian on the hunt four and two green mm. uh, okay uh, comes out at four. Uh, It's plus two is when you you may sacrifice a creature if you do search your library for a creature card with mana value equal to one plus the sacrifice creatures mana value put it onto the battlefield then shuffle it's plus one is mill five cards then put any number of creature cards milled this way into your hand and minus one create Mm. a four four green rhino. Uh, I think that the, at worst, the first, the bottom two modes, uh, the last two modes are still pretty good. Uh, ha- having a, um, lead the stampede in your deck is never a bad thing for your creature based. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think that this card might see like a little bit of play in like the new Cavalier of Thorns pile deck. Cause you mm-hmm. get a bunch of creature value based that way. Obviously there isn't a whole lot of like combo ramping right now, but, we could see that. It, it wouldn't be that much of a change for the deck that currently already exists. It depends on this card's power level. It being 6 mana makes it a little bit more rough, Ooh. but I mean, putting an old growth troll into um, uh, a questing beast or something that something like that is not the most like over- egregious thing.
1: I wonder if this could be played in a Delirium deck. Uh, With the mill ability? That's kind of
2: nice. Yeah, we can trigger Narcomoeba. Hmm. <laughs>
0: No, I mean, that could be a lot of card advantages. Mill five cards, find creatures that way. I'm a little worried that, you know, six mana sorcery speed, Mm. planeswalker, I kind of want to win the game on the spot, or at least, like, you gotta expect that you're gonna play this and get one activation out of it before it dies, Mm -hmm. is the other way you can think about it. And if your one activation gets you, let's say, on an average of two creatures, is that worth it? Like, ah, for six mana, maybe, maybe not.
2: If you're letting it die, or sorry, if you're if you're choosing to let it die and use one of the plus two abilities, but if you have the chance to save it with the four four rhino, I don't know, it has like a little bit of versatility with it being able to create a blocker for itself. But
0: mm-hmm. how
2: valuable is yeah. that? We don't really know because I think the format's gonna change a lot, so it's kind of hard to predict.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would need to see a combo that works with the plus two before I'm really interested in her. I don't I think, think
2: we'll end up seeing a combo since Fodder, Guardian, or whatever is banned. But I do think we'll yeah. see a more value based Vivian deck. Well, at least I, there will be attempts. That is for sure.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, do we have any good fours we can sacrifice and grab, like Yorian? Solemn Simulacrum.
2: I Boom, I broke the format yes
0: Yes. (laughs) oh yeah that format's gone boom out the door all right uh i'm gonna go with a quick just real quick mention of prize fight it's one and a green for an instant creature you control fights you don't control make a treasure um this is you know we don't really have any decks that are playing like a two mana or like a one mana fight spell really even but this is a one mana fight spell basically so i think it's interesting um just had to give it a shout out as being Something slightly more powerful than what we currently have that's not being used. Mm. Uh, I also fight rigging. I gotta call it because it's the only hideaway card I thought might be positive. Yeah. Um, so this is a returning mechanic of hideaway, uh, where you look at the top X cards of your library, put one face down in exile, and then the rest on the bottom, and then something lets you cast that for free later. Cast or play so if it's a land, you can play it. And this one, it's a three-man enchantment that at the beginning of your combat puts a plus and plus a counter on a creature you control, and then if you control a creature with seven or more power, you can play the exiled card. Um, I think that's close to playable. Obviously, doesn't have a home yet, but um, maybe could.
3: Mm.
0: Yeah, I like free spells. Who so. doesn't? It feels like I was gonna say it feels like we're making good time. We just got to green. Uh yeah, but we're. I was gonna say we're not making good time at all because we've got. I mean, it depends on how much you guys are gonna want to talk about these multicolor cards because I think they're all terrible, I would so. love to talk about them. <laughs> uh, for prove years. me wrong. Uh,
2: how about I change your opinion right now? All right, I'll go first. Go ahead. Go I'll ahead. Let's go, go first. The card that I had that I think is going to be really good in this format is Lord Xander the Collector. Now, it is a 7 drop. Okay. Don't get me wrong. I'm aware of how much this thing costs. <laughs> but it costs 4 and then Grixis mana. Uh, it is a 6-6 mm. six, six legendary creature vampire demon noble. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, Ooh. target opponent discards half their cards in their hand, rounded down. Whenever it attacks, they mill half their library, rounded down. And whenever it dies, target opponent hack- sacrifices half the non-land permanents they control, rounded down. Now, this seems like a really good three-mana card that you can put into playoff play off Sorin. I think this yes. could win the games solely on its own if you go turn three Sorin, Lord Xander. Your opponent just lost half of so many of their resources, and you just used a Planeswalker. Hmm, I like it. Tur- turn three on the play, Lord or <laughs> GG done.
1: I mean, people were playing the six men uh, uh, Olivia for a while here. There was a like a forty person event in in I think uh, Yokohama that was playing like red red black vampires with Soren and stuff like that.
2: So I, I am not against that. I think that could work. I think there's enough mana to be able to. Support yeah, we're, it. like that was the issue with. Vampires. I'm here to say
0: something negative about every card. Um, so the only thing I'll say here is that I think that turn three Soren, this would be great. Turn nine Soren puts Xander into play. It, it's really just a vanilla six-six. Like it, if they have one or fewer card in hand, they don't discard no, do. anything. It's rounded if down. If they have one or fewer oh, creature left. Yes, so if they have one card in hand... Yeah, I, I, I,
2: I, I meant to say rounded. Yeah, no, you're right. I thought it said rounded out. Yeah, so if Yo. they have
0: you know one creature left in play, the, they won't sacrifice anything. Yo. Milling them really doesn't do anything. So uh, this is kind of uh, eh on but that side. But you can sacrifice I think that... him to... Thorn as well to deal three damage,
1: and then they have to second the other permanent has to sacrifice half of their permanence. half of their nonland permanents.
2: Well, even if this is like turn yeah. okay, so let's go with the theoretical scenario that you set up, right? Turn nine, your opponent did discard anything, and they have one creature in play. I think this card's gonna end up attacking, and I feel like putting half their library mm. in their graveyard, pretty good. Yeah. Maybe, and maybe it not. can't be pushed. It, it can't. It doesn't. It doesn't die to a lot of the popular removal <laughs> in the format, minus yeah. Chain of the Rocks. That And if and if someone's yeah, pitching yeah. eight cards on their mar- or March or whatever it is, how many cards I want to pitch. Yeah, cool. Deal. Deal. Sounds great. <laughs> but I'm really oh, yeah. high on this Lord Xander card. I think this card will be seeing play in Vampires. Okay, I got some jank. Okay. I got some jank. Right,
0: go for it. It's all jank, Ryan. Oh, go ahead. Oh,
1: my goodness. I am so excited for tokens in this set. And Kevin's like, no no tokens and he sprayed me with a water bottle but i'm gonna say okay. i'm gonna talk about it anyways <laughs> um am nexus of Revels. he's one in naya mana he's a 5-4 legendary oh, cat <laughs> demon and when creatures you control it says there's three three modes actually creatures you control get plus one plus zero and have vigilance if you have three or more creatures not a problem um because it counts as him with him as well i believe uh mm-hmm. so you only need two other creatures for that his second mode is creatures you control get plus one and plus zero and have trample as long as you control six more creatures so basically you just need five for that so you're getting plus two plus your vigilance and, and trample right there and then it says creatures you control get w- plus one plus zero and have double strike as long as you have nine or more creatures so you just need eight other ones that's not a problem you can definitely make those with uh I don't know, Secure the Waste, or the uh, the Conclave one from, was it Ravnica Allegiance, and, uh, you know, I've, there, there's so many ways to make tokens in, in this thing, and I've been wanting something to actually, how could I say, push tokens over the edge. I think this can do it. But you guys will say no.
0: No. I hate it. It's a vanilla 5-4. I hate me. it. You know, it's a vanilla 5-4 in colors that no one plays. I mean, I will play I'm excluding it. Winota because... Uh, you know, I would love it if you could find some way to do it, but I don't feel like there has ever been a go-wide deck in Pioneer, and I don't think that this is at all enough of a payoff to make I'm,
1: one I'm going to be the Katniss Everdeen and volunteer.
2: I'm just going to say, Please, go ahead. The comment on this card, <laughs> is he looks like he's wearing a really cute outfit. That's about it. Yes. <laughs> there we That's go. about it. <laughs> However, if we want to get off of Jank and think about good cards, can I point you to Endless Detour? Uh, this is a Bant mana instant. Uh, the owner of target spell, non permanent, or card in a graveyard puts on the top or bottom of their library. So now everyone gets Aethergust. Aethergust can go to anyone that wants to choose to play Bant mana, <laughs> and I think that that is pretty relevant. Uh, we haven't really seen Bant control exist, uh, and the issue for that was the mana. The mana was really bad. Uh, so now that we have access to Triomes, this gets a little bit more interesting. Um, as like, like a catch-all removal spell for... Uh, and anything. And can't be counter cards. Like, I don't know. I think this card's pretty interesting. And I think it's going to be seeing some play.
0: I also think it's interesting. I don't know if it's enough payoff to want to go Bant and lose all of my good, like, blue-white utility lands, is, is really where I'm still like, sure, this card's cool. I would love to play it if it were incastable colors. I'm not sure if Bant is going to be. It is also worth mentioning, you know, I always love to call out my my corner cases, is that you can use this to put a card from your graveyard back on top of your library mm. if, like, hey, I need to draw Supreme Verdict next turn or I lose. Um, You know, this is card disadvantage to do that, but it is an option that will 100% see those corner That's cases. That's fair. I Th- think... Which card is this uh, Endless
2: Detour. Okay. I think that Endless Detour also allows... So I, I think that the control decks now being also able to play Growth Spiral makes it a lot more interesting, because... Before you never really saw Bant being an option, and I'm when I'm referring to before, I'm referring to when your when like the companion tax was like just being added. We were seeing like Esper Poo <laughs> yeah. was a thing. Like that's when we saw like Esper control at its highest. And I also tried playing a Bant deck, but my issue was a lot of the mana. However, being able to growth spiral now into your Supreme Verdicts or one clone one turn closer to a fairy. I don't know. It makes it a lot more interesting cuz now I don't have to play 3 mana Teferi to ferry uh, on my turn my turn 3 every turn. Uh,
0: I was going to say I, I love that deck. I um you know I used to play that so I went back and I was like, ooh, we're we're going to get new bant cards. I'll go back and look at what my bant control shell looked like." And it was like, "Oh yeah, fort to 4 euro. That's what uh, that's how bant control was the thing before." Um so I don't know if we have that kind of power level now. So we'll see. I'm I'm happy to try it out, but yeah, if there's a card, or if there's a deck, it's gonna be on things like Endless Detour and I will call also Broker's Charm. Um I think yo, hey, maybe I'll just say Wild, maybe one of the best of the charms. Um despite possible opinions to the otherwise. So this there's uh, one of these in each colour. This one's the band or the broker, so it's green, white, blue one. Each of them is three options, you choose one. This one has draw two cards, destroyed enchantment, or target creature you control gets plus one plus zero and deals damage equals plus power to a creature or planeswalker an opponent controls so you have to have some creatures but that's removal destroying enchantment is great and draw two cards is kind of the part that makes this playable is that if i'm going to pay three mana for something i want to be getting a two for one at the very least and that that's what I have to say about no, it. That's <laughs> fair. I think
2: being able to both hold up Endless uh, Detour and Broker's Charm at the same time, kind of interesting. I think being able to hold up
0: Draw mm-hmm. 2 and also yeah. holding
2: up a Counterspell. And Enchantment, Destroy Target Enchantment, obviously that's like a one-mana card effect for a three-mana card, but you're paying for the versatility as well. And I think that Enchantments see the most play in Pioneer out of any other set. So that makes this card a lot better, especially for Pioneer, because we see cards like Chain of the Rocks being a popular mm-hmm. removal spell fires of invention that card is always on the verge of being busted at some point um yeah it, it's just it's a solid card Al conquers death shows up every once in a while that'd be a great mm. card to. Re- this would be a great card to remove with it
0: Okay. Uh, why don't we go to Asjok for another? Sure. Yeah. Oh darn
2: it! Uh, if you want, you can go ahead. I'm I'm down to listen to a little. No, more you dang. can go. He's trying to keep me keep me away from the tokens. Oh,
0: I I just forgot whose turn it is. Yeah. Don't mind no, me. No, <laughs> go ahead. Go
2: ahead. He's just trying I'm to keep me away from the tokens. I'm going to talk about Jank, but I'm going to talk about my Jank. Uh, I'm going to talk about Broker's Ascendancy. Sure, go We're going to keep on the theme of Bant. Uh, so this is green, white, and a blue for an enchantment. that At the beginning of your end step, you put a one-one counter on each creature you control and a loyalty counter on each planeswalker mm. you control. Now. I think that this would be really fun to play with in the for the Planeswalker variant, but I do think there is some legitimacy with the 1-1 counter, because we do see Hardened Scales being a deck that showed up every once in a while, and it was kind of okay, but the mm. fact that we can go turn 1 Hardened Scales, or turn 1, there's a 1-1, I don't remember the exact name of it, but it has, when it dies, put its 1-1 counters on something else, uh, and it, it's a 1-meta-zero-zero that yeah, enters, um... I don't remember the exact name of it, but uh there is also conclave mentor we go turn two, conclave mentor and to turn three broker's ascendancy now you have a three three that when it dies it's gonna put counters on stuff and a four four like i don't know that seems kind of good i
1: don't know i i think that it takes uh takes away some of the uh the power of that deck because you basically want it to have more creatures than in, in enchantment. So you're playing four uh Four of the, uh, what is it, uh, scales, and then four of these, and uh, maybe two, I don't know, two or three. Uh, maybe, maybe it's not going to be, it's going to dilute it too much. I could possibly see this in a Bant's, um, Yorion deck, because that was actually, I think, a Pioneer deck. I would say like <laughs> what, four or five seasons ago, maybe, like a Planeswalker
0: Yorion deck. Again, with fairy
1: and Yorion. Yeah, probably. some thing yeah, I made yeah, at one point point.
2: post on Twitter. That sounds about right.
1: <sighs> yeah.
2: So I, I could see
1: it, you know, showing up. I'm just, uh, not sure which deck. I don't think All it right. wants to be in an aggro
0: deck, though. If Ryan's not sure on it, then I don't even need to add anything negative. So we've already gotten our... Uh. <laughs> Why don't you go with one, Ryan?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, um, again, I'm going to talk about tokens. So you think that that cat isn't enough, eh? Well, let me tell you about Ginny Fay Jetmere's second. She is uh, a friend of the big fat cat. And uh, she's a 3-3 elf druid. And if you would create one or more tokens, you may instead create that mini 2-2 green cat... Treat that green cat creature tokens with haste or that many 3-1 dog creature tokens with vigilance. You're like, well, okay. You can turn your 1-1s, you know, uh, whatever tokens into, you know, cats or like dogs. Oh, that's nice. It's any token. If you create one or more tokens. So if you create a treasure token, a food token, any token whatsoever, you can change that into a 2-2 creature or a three-one creature, that's busted. I think, I and it and it's got it's hybrid. It's it can be green green green. It could be Naya. It could be green green white. So it could fit into any number of those decks. I am very excited about this card and its possibilities.
0: Okay, can I take this one? Go for it. I don't like this card. Um, my problem with it really is the fact that it's a three mana three three, with effectively no other text. So. You know, it's because it has text, but here's the thing is like on its own, it doesn't do anything. And then how much value, like, yes, you get a 2-2 green cat from your 1-1 or your treasure token. But like, how much better is a 2-2 with haste versus a treasure token? Like, maybe one mana's worth, like maybe half a card's worth. So like, you play this and then you play a card that makes a treasure token. And now you've got a dog instead, like... I still don't feel like I've made the value off of Ginny Face, so maybe I have to pay like two more cards before I'm getting like a cards worth of value off of my three I mean, mana the three. Haste you know, vanilla
1: three three is pretty good though against control and stuff like that though. Yeah, but you need this three three. I
0: just don't see it. I, I really don't see it. Like I would need to play like two or three more cards after this that make tokens to have gotten enough value out of this card, and I just see that as so unlikely of a scenario that for me this looks like a vanilla three three for three. I agree fine
2: you guys but i it. told you
0: i have so yeah both you guys like i have negative things to say about every card don't take it personally i'm just gonna be uh i'm taking it personally
2: <laughs> i'm offended all
0: right all right yeah i mean hey i'll be right there brewing with broker's ascendancy i just gotta be real with it
2: well you know what let's be real let's talk about what the probably the best card in this format is gonna end up being Oz nicholas the adversary oh we got yes. one black red three loyalty when it, and it also has casualty X, uh, X, uh, sorry, so the copy isn't legendary and it has starting loyalty X. Uh, so when it, uh, so for example, if you were to sacrifice something with three power, you'll get two obs in the list, both starting at three loyalty. Uh, but the planeswalker abilities itself, uh, it has a plus one, each opponent loses two life unless they uh, discard a card. Uh, if you control a demon or devil, you gain two life. Uh, minus two, mm-hmm. create a one-one Red Devil creature token with when it dies, deal one damage to any target. With a minus seven of target player draws seven cards and loses seven life. Uh, I think this card is very, very, very—it's—it's it's pushed. It's real pushed. Casu- this is the pushed casualty card. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can uh we can see this uh, easily creating two copies of itself with it being at three loyalty with Skyclave uh Sha- or sorry Skyclave Shade and the card we mentioned earlier. Just quickly remembering the name of it the black card uh tenacious underdog uh so yes. you just play this on turn three and now boom you're just making your opponent get lose for every turn at worst if you're just mm-hmm. up taking down creating devils to protect itself and block uh devils hasn't been really a thing that we've like the devil token has existed in magic for a while with shadows of innerstrad we haven't really seen that token really play so i don't know how relevant the deal one damage to any target is with like peeing off creatures and similar i don't know how often that comes up uh probably pretty often i mean
0: it's good it it trades with an x2 yeah
2: trades with an x2 it's a great chump blocker at worst it blocks and then you Mm ping face and you continue to drain your opponent um this is going to create the aristocrat style of yeah, I'm okay with this. I feel like this is gonna just end up being an adaptation of where Mono-Black was. With this deck, we'll mm-hmm. see like Scrap Heap Scroungers or whatever the raid creature is, or maybe we'll see a Stitcher Supplier variant. There's a lot of options for where this creature can go or where this might so can
0: go. Where absolutely, Ryan, what do you got to say? I was
1: gonna say w- there's a lot of uh, Black Red um, decks out there now. Well, I mean, of course, Black Red X, I should say. Where? Does this or where will this fit the best? Will it be in anvil? Will it be in mid range? Will it be in I don't know, Mardi Gras thing? Where Where do you guys think it'll have like the best fit?
2: I just spent a while talking. You go for
0: it. I've maybe red black. Like I'm. That's at least where I would try it. Versus red black or jund. Like the sacrifice. I want to see it in anvil. Like you sacrifice an anvil token to this. You still get a. You know, you'll be able to minus the original copy plus the uh, the one cm or the the one with only one loyalty. Mm -hmm. You're still getting a drain for two. Mm-hmm. Like that that's pretty good. I'm, okay.
2: I'm seeing this in a different shell. I'm seeing this like what I said, where like where Mono mm-hmm. Black will just adapt to. Uh where you see a lot of these creatures that okay. are very like reanimated, like like scrap like sacrificing a scrap heap scruncher to this is like probably the best it's gonna get. Or like a sky eclipse mm-hmm. or the underdog. Like some value three 2 card where you're just choosing to beat down because Obs Nicholas's power is pressuring your opponent's life total or pressuring their hand. And mono yeah. black had such a good way of doing that. Now this card, adding red to your card, card or deck, now you get to play cards like Kroxa, you get to play cards, um, mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. get to play a lot better removal. i sorry, a lot more efficient removal with being like Flame Blast Bolt or a lot more one mana exile based cards, which are a lot more um, relevant. Mm. And you, I don't know, you just being able to have access to red cards now with mono black uh, without having to worry about Is- other things makes this card really interesting to me.
1: Is there a way to turn it into, like, a, uh, a grizzle brand? Like, you just you bring the casualty in and then minus 7 it right away. Is there any way to do that? Sure.
0: Uh, yeah, you, like, sacrifice a uh, you know, what's the 7-4 the dinosaur?
2: Oh, rotting registrar
0: Yeah, rotting Ooh, regisaur. or seven like six, that. Whatever. I like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
2: you can rotting regisaur this and then just automatically draw 7 and lose 7. Uh, is that a little risky? Nice.
0: Or deal 7 to the opponent. Yeah, is, is it actually. a little... You know, swing for 7 and it's then... It's a little risky,
2: <laughs> but it's it's cute. But yeah, no, this is definitely okay. the most pushed card of the set for casualty. And I, I oh, yeah. don't, I, this will see play. I, I don't think I need to say anything yeah. else. All right.
0: So I, uh... I said I would say something negative about every card. Um, what I have to say about this is that casualty on something that's on instant or sorcery is really cool. Casualty X, rather than being like one, two, or three, is really cool. So the negative thing I have to say is that why is this the only card in the set that is doing something cool with casualty yeah. when everything else is lame? <laughs> I-, I would say
1: the negative thing is probably going to be like $60, $70. Yep,
2: that's
0: about right. Yeah, that's this also going to be a... Because yeah. it, it could be a four of in a deck. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's trouble. Um, let's move on to... God, What I should pick one here. Ah, uh, God. Um, I don't like anything. Why, why don't you guys keep going? I'll just keep uh, crapping on it. I me. got more <laughs> jank. Oh, actually, no, I did have one that I okay. wanted to bring up because I don't know if this one's playable <laughs> and it's red-black. Um, it goes along with the same deck. Is Fatal Grudge. It's a sorcery, additional cost, sacrifice, and non permanent. Each opponent sacrifices a permanent of the type that you sacrificed and you draw a card. Um, so if that red-black sacrifices deck is getting better, like this could be really good. You know, you sacrifice a a 1-1, they sacrifice a creature. You sacrifice an artifact to get rid of their thing. You've got some enchantments you can sacrifice to make them sack their, you know, sack your Meat Hook Massacre and make them sacrifice their rest in peace. Like, that sounds really good. You'll even have, you know, sacrifice my one Loyalty Obnixilus to kill your Teferi, all while drawing a card. Seems like this could be a card that is really good, but I don't know yet the power level on it because I haven't tested this out.
2: I would say Anvil. I think Anvil is pretty obviously a shell for this one. Because, again, you're making artifacts pretty pretty frequently. And you're also making artifact creatures mm-hmm. pretty regularly. Uh, a lot of your stuff, you don't really care if it dies. Uh, again, like your example, Meat Hook Massacre. You just set, mm. like it, This solves a lot of the problems. I think this will likely be a sideboard card more than a main deck card. Mm-hmm. Because then you'll know what your answers are. And you can better assess it, how good Fatal Grudge will end up being. But I do mm-hmm. think that this card is pretty good.
1: Okay. Um, My last jank card. Do you guys mind? Go for it. I have one more card. Sure, go ahead. All right. as well. uh, I like Rocco, Kabaretti, Caterer. It's X, and then Naya. So green, red, and white. It's a 3-1 Elf Druid, legendary. And when he enters the battlefield, if you cast it, you can search your library for a creature card with mana value X or less and put it in the battlefield and then shuffle. I like this just because it's a 2. You can get you get value I mean if you're drawing if you're playing it on turn four you can grab a a mana dork that to put into play to ramp you or if you're playing it late game, you can grab like a you know three or four mana you know card and put it into play alongside of this uh, Any time I see value like that, I think it's playable even if it's only like gonna see plays maybe like you know two in some deck.
2: I don't think it's more playable than the quarter calling and quarter calling doesn't see play.
0: Yeah, it doesn't really have a home. We don't have any creature based combos right now. Um it's probably you it you know, it maybe there's some power to this card, but it really, really doesn't have a home it's, right no, now. No, not right now.
2: It's real. It's gonna it's, a, it's gonna be a long shot for something that's better than quarter calling. I don't think this will ever be better than quarter calling in any case. I tried to think about it. I, I originally thought in my head, like, oh you can grab zero drops if you flicker it, and then I read it again and it was like, Oh, I'll have to cast the card every time. So like, I don't know. I was kinda mm-hmm. off this card from the start. Uh however a, card that, a on, cards, however, yeah. card that I am on cards. the card that I am on is voidrend uh, for Esper yes. mana it's an instant uh, this card the spell can't be countered and its destroyed target, and all man permanent now esp- now everything removal hasn't really existed like the closest cards that we've seen are like vanishing burst and similar but every single removal spell that's been mm-hmm. printed has had some sort of drawback with it being other sorcery or something but I think this is one of the best removal spells that we have access to in Pioneer. However, it being Esper mm. makes it a little bit more unplayable because, like again, you can't mm. hit enough off. you can't. Oh, sorry, uh, You have to be, end up playing Esper and I'm more so leaning towards Bant being a more playable control deck right now if we're going three colors mm-hmm. rather than Esper. So I, I think this card is really pushed and really good. However, I don't think it'll end up seeing play, sadly. Right, if Esper um, becomes good, it'll be good.
1: I mean, but there is Esper Fank. Uh, so that's a deck that could fit into a uh, sideboard at least. Um, but yeah, if I was going to play a blue card, I would play this. I like it a lot.
0: Hmm. I think you kind of said it right, that it, it's really just, I don't know if this is on its own enough to get me to play Asper rather than blue-white. And, you know, even if it does see play, it'll probably be like a one to two of, because playing three mana to destroy one card is just a little bit low on the rate for Pioneer. Even with the Campy Counter, even with complete like target anything, the speed versus like a fatal push is just not going to be worth it against a lot of matchups.
2: Yep. Nope. I agree. All right. What other Jank card we got? I'm done with uh, Jank.
0: You know, I've got, I you know, I'll keep going with uh, two color cards because apparently I don't like any of the three color ones. What do you guys feel about Tainted Indulgence? This is another one I couldn't parse on whether or not it's good. And again, it's with that five or more mana values in your graveyard, but it's blue, black, draw two, discard a card. You don't have to discard if there's five or more values in your graveyard and it's an instant, so, like, I guess really, yeah, probably you guys should be calling out that there's no home, there's no blue-black decks right now, mm. but this is, uh, draw two, get, you know, instant speed draw two discard is great, instant speed draw two no discard is even better. Does
2: Esper mm. Grease Fang play Charter Course? I believe so.
0: Actually, you know what, yeah, it does. This seems like a huge improvement mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. that deck. Oh, well, here, here's the question, um... It's not a may, so there are times where Esper yeah. would want to discard that. This might stop him too, but I feel like that's well, kind you of also point have faith. They're man. not going to get to, um... yeah, yeah. So like, I like that in the Esper Grease thing. That like, I think I yeah. the fact that it's an instant speed, getting you the option between that and uh, Faithful Landing yeah. mm-hmm. and Charter
2: Course. Like, I think this is just like this is a question of a compatible slot for Charter Course. If we're playing Black, but other than that, it won't really see play. It won't create anything new. It won't, okay, yeah. like, Hinder anything? Like, I, I don't know.
0: Good call. Let's let's keep going. Mm-hmm. Do you guys? Are there any of the other charms you guys really want to talk about? Uh, like I feel like I was lower than most on the charms, but I thought you guys would bring them up, and I would try and I, say that I don't like them. <laughs>
1: I actually like the Obscura charm. I was going to say that one too. Um, so yeah, so it's a uh, uh, choose one, return target, multicolor, permanent from uh, from your. So, uh, yeah. Return mo- permanent mana value, value three or that's, less graveyard to the
0: battlefield. Counter an instant sorcery or destroy target creature or planeswalk with mana value three or less. That's
1: that's perfectly playable. I think that that's go. great. You know, you're going to destroy Narset with this, or you're going to counter an instant sorcery, or um, you know, bring back something from the graveyard. I think that's all. That's all good value. I, I mean, if I'm playing a control deck, I would
2: want that in my sideboard at least. No, that's fair. I think that again, we just run into the same issue where is. This what makes Esper Control more playable than Blue White, and that, with alongside Void Charm, becomes the answer of maybe. I think being able to return your Narset, uh, sorry, you're not your Narset. Um, a multicolored permanent uh, from the battlefield uh, tapped is like semi interesting because then you can return a Planeswalker. I don't know what Planeswalker you want to be returning right now, but it's multicolored with your less. But, uh, it it being (laughs) it being a counterspell, it being destroy. I don't know. This card has a lot of like good text. But I sadly just don't think it outshines Bant in my head. I will be testing both yeah. variants, mm-hmm. but I, just, I think there's something about Bant that just seems really good right now.
0: I kind of feel like Obscure of Charm is a bit of a trap. Like, it's kind of the illusion of choice. Um, I, I agree with you that if I'm going to play this card, it's because I have a really good multicolored permanent that I want to bring back. So I can see this in Esper thing, Fang, them trying it out, and maybe it being good there. Um, But if you're playing this in, like, a traditional, like, blue-white-black control or mid-range, like, this is going to be a bad card against aggro. Like, you're going to be looking to destroy a creature or planeswalker, and it's a three-mana kill spell. That's bad. It's not going to be great in the control mirrors because it's a three-mana counter spell instead of a one or two-mana one. Like, it's not going to be... So, really, I've got to have that first ability be very powerful. Otherwise, I think this card's a big trap. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm. And sadly, the other charms I don't really think are too playable, so...
0: Yeah. Yeah, um, the Jund one can draw three cards, That's but it's bad. only okay. Mm. Yeah,
1: well, That's like the only good mode, I think, on the Riveter's Charm. And Maestro's one...
0: Maestro's, yeah. again, has potential. Like, when I was looking at it early, I was like, man, look at top five, yeah. put one in your hand, the rest in the graveyard. I thought this would be the kind of card that makes a existing deck want to play blue. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see anything else that makes an existing deck want to play blue, so... I just think that it's not going to because the cost of adding blue is going to be too high. But if they were playing blue, they would play this is kind of where I'm at. Yep. Well,
1: there's one more card I want to talk about, and then you guys can talk about the rest, if that's okay with you. Sure. Uh, I like uh, Ziatora's Envoy. It's one in Jund. It's a 5-4 trample, and when it deals combat damage to a player, you look at the top card of your library, and you can play a land from the top of your library or cast a spell. With mana value less than or equal to the damage dealt from the top of your library without paying its mana cost. So if you don't put that card into your hand, so basically you you know if you if they block with like I don't know a two and you deal three damage, you can play a three mana spell for free. Um, otherwise, it goes into your hand. It's value either way. So I really like this. If I was
0: gonna splash for Junt, I would definitely put this in there.
2: I think this card's like super
0: interesting. Hey you. you you called it right. Like if we, I would splash for John, I'm interested in this card. I just I, I don't know yet if it can do that. Like if Siege Rhino can't get people to play Abzan, mm-hmm. then I don't know if this can get people to play John. That's kind of what I'm what I'm thinking. You know, same way I think there's like the the Naya one is like one red, green, white for a four four trample Lifelink haste. Mm-hmm. Really good card, but am I gonna play Naya for it? Probably not. Mm. Yeah,
2: I think I think this is the most pushed of those like four mana cards because it was like a cycle, I believe uh rares that was like something sure, yeah. similar. Uh but I do think this is the most pushed one. I do think this is probably one of the better ones because uh a lot of what these mid-rangey we decks want to be doing is also creating card manage at the same time. Uh I think with the addition of the triomes, uh the things that get better are the mid-rangey grindier decks, and this is more so your top end aggro mm-hmm. card. Is it really cool and really pushed? Yes. Is it gonna work out? Probably not, but it's still something to look at. I don't know. I think it's, I do think it's like super value and pushed with it. Having blitz too, drawing two cards. Oh,
0: Hmm. Oh yeah. You blitz. it, And then, and then the card you hit on top, it's obnixless. So you sacrifice him nice. and you'd already blitzed him. So it's nice. <laughs> done. See, boom, we broke the <laughs> Perfect. format. There we Let's go. go. Yeah. All right. Um, I, you know, I was, I put Rafine in the list. I thought she's interesting. Doesn't have a home Toulouse Interesting. Doesn't have a home uh, Disciple Duelist, do you think this is worth trying out in Humans? It was one that was interesting to me. You know, it's a 2-1 double strike for 3 mana, and enters with a shield counter on it. Like, that is a pretty powerful card. Um, the only thing I don't like about it is that it doesn't work as well with Werewolf Pack Leader as the existing 3 drops right now, mm-hmm. so that's the only reason why it's not on my list higher, uh, but I think that it's worth at least keeping an eye on.
2: Yeah, no, I I, yeah. I do agree three, with all the reasons and the logic. I, I don't think this is the same. The 3 point.
0: mana
1: the three mana turns me off.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, anything else? Uh, even heartstop no, right now? Yeah. Uh, I'm fine with... with yeah, let, let's move on. Let's let's talk quick about lands and artifacts, because I think we've got a couple things there, and we are already running out of time. Lands, artifacts. Uh, can I start us off with Luke's ear, Giada's gift? It. Sure. This is a one mana legendary equipment. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus one for each counter on it. And if the equipped permanent isn't a planeswalker... Sorry, if... <laughs> Let me just uh, kind of start mm-hmm. over. It can equip a Planeswalker for one mana or equip a creature for three. If it equips a Planeswalker, then that Planeswalker isn't a Planeswalker and it's a creature instead. Um, so this is actually kind of sweet. I am going to mess around seeing if it's worth it to just like, slap it on a powerful like three mana Planeswalker and hit for a lot of damage. There's also some combo potential with this. So like really cool card. I think it might have some potential... If I were to say anything negative, because I have to say something negative about every card, it's that the deck right now playing a lot of Planeswalkers is kind of the blue-white deck, and that one wouldn't want to put this on it, because it doesn't want to turn out opponent's creature removal. Other than that, I think it's a really cool card that I'm excited to play around with. Mm.
2: I think I think this card is like probably the worst in Pioneer. I think this card is better in other formats, because mm. Pioneer has the most creature-based decks out there, I would argue. Uh, maybe maybe standard, but uh, but out of the bigger formats pioneer pioneer definitely uh and we the, the the good thing about playing a planeswalker is it dodges a lot of like the current removal uh like f- you block fatal push and those are what the, those are what those decks are wanting to be doing i don't know a creature deck that wants to attack with this i know in modern i used to make karn the great creator attack with liquid metal coning and that wasn't an out <laughs> sometimes against control like this might be a cyborg card for mono green that's about it
0: okay okay
1: yeah, I'm not sure how to use Luxior yet, so i did not going to say anything about it.
2: You know what you do know how to uh, use? What do you, guys you know got? how to use Unlicensed Hearse. I bet you know how to use that oh, card. I wanted that one. You, you okay, can talk about ahead. it, talk about <laughs> it, go for it. I was just trying to segue. No, you, you go, you can go. Uh, well, I did the perfect segue, so of course I get it. Uh, two mana. Uh, it's a vehicle. Uh, tap it, exile up to two target cards in a single graveyard. And its power and toughness are equal to the number of cards exiled with it, and it's true, too. The fact that you get to pick what cards are exiled this card mm. slam dunk. Mm. Why would you want to play
1: lantern anymore or any other kind of I don't know Tormod's crypt or anything else that like kind of like eats the graveyard. I would just play this.
2: Yeah, easily.
1: Like
0: this card just You know, the threat of activation is really nice. Gets... The fact that it can beat down is awesome. It gets bigger each turn. Um, so you guys want to hear me say something negative? No. <laughs> yes.
2: I want <laughs> to see on, it. Okay,
0: <laughs> here's my negative is that it might make Winota too good, because I think this is going to be really good, especially in Winota, because they would love to be able to attack with their uh, removals, you know, rather than playing something like Rest in Peace. Mm. This is a Rest in Peace that gets to attack, mm. and it's going to be particularly good against two of that deck's worst matchups, which is like Phoenix and stuff like Black Red. Mm. So uh, I'm th- maybe that's my negative. Mm. I'm probably not actually being Counter true, argument. but uh, so, I think this will be a great card so. that will fit right into there and has a home that'll love it
1: I want to ask you guys would this be like a two of in the sideboard or would you play this main uh, this or would this be a four of yeah, uh, two of
3: three
1: of four
0: of probably two of you yeah. know in pioneer you can't go like four of for a specific matchup okay. most of the time just because like there's so many there's so much variety in the format.
2: yeah I, I think that the argument of this getting Winota too good is a great argument
0: for the card existing
2: <laughs> because then Winota gets banned
0: boom hey there we go great maybe argument. that's good maybe that's a good thing <laughs> uh let's talk real quick about the triumphs so these are no longer called triumphs but they're a you know three mana they have the so okay ruffine's tower is the example i put down plains island swamp it can tap for white blue or black enters tap but has cycling for three
1: Mm. um yeah i mean again like we said at the beginning of the uh the episode today i am not sure which ones are are going to actually make a big impact but you know if if the original Triumphs have any indication, you know, anything with blue is going to see play. So, um, you know, the Tower, the, sorry, the uh, the Bat one and the Esper one definitely will see play. Is there another blue one? Yeah, yeah. Uh... Oh, Grixis as well. Yeah. yeah, those will all see play. I'm 100% sure they will. The other ones, not so sure. Depends if there's going to be a Jund or a,
2: uh, a Naya. I, deck. I, I am Maybe sure... Jund the way that I would rank the triomes is I would put Jund at the worst. I think Jund will there's the, Jund is usually a deck that wants to go like mid-rangey and like without there being like some return land kind of mm-hmm. average card like like Ren and 6 for comparison. Uh this card won't be as good. Uh however I do think that the Naya mm-hmm. I think that it goes then the Grixis triome and then the Naya triome because the Naya Trium is a lot of mana fixing for Omnath decks. And there's a mm-hmm. lot of, I think green is a little bit more highly rated on the Triumph scale because of baby, the the relevant Manafix and cards for Triumph decks are green cards. Um, and then I... Th-
0: yeah, I was going to put the Naya one high because... Um, so the other thing that's important in Pioneer for a lot of the five-color decks or like four or five-color decks is being a mountain to be able to put Chain of the Rocks on it. So I feel like the Naya one makes white, makes green, makes red. I feel like that'll fit right into stuff like Niv or the... Uh, and Incarnation deck, but but go yeah, on, sorry. No,
2: you're good. Um, and then I would put probably Bant as the best one, with Esper being second. I think it really depends on how control ends up shaping out uh, for which ones ends up being better than the other. Uh, Esper will, I think, right now Bant will probably be better because you can also fit it into the Niv Shell a lot better alongside with the um, what is it the 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 four color Incarnation deck and also the um the Agent of Treachery Transmorgify deck. Um, that wants mm-hmm. more Triomes, so. All right,
1: one more card yeah. I want to talk about and then we can hide.
0: Well, I was going to say, like, I just on Triomes, like, these are still a big question mark for me. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to be a shoe in um, They are really powerful. Like, we're kind of like, well, hey, you know, none of these three-color decks exist, so we won't play these three-color cards in them. Maybe these are just good enough to let people play them, but especially, like, things like aggro, these still don't really fit into an aggro de- deck, so it's not like we're going to play a Jund aggro just because we have a Jund triom, so... I'm yet to see. I want to be really high on them, but I'm going to you know, maybe take the bold claim and be low on them just because I don't like the three color combinations right now in Pioneer. Mm. Okay. What, what do you have, Ryan? Yeah, last thing I want to talk about real quick. Uh, getaway car,
1: uh, three mana, four oh, okay. three vehicle, haste, which is I think really the most important thing to me. And it says whenever it attacks or blocks, you can return up to one target creature that created this turn to its owner's hand. So, um, you know, it's got crew one as well. I, this gives me vibes to that. Um, the, was the four two, I think that was in Kaladesh that like when it comes into play, it becomes an artifact creature It can attack with haste. But I like this, um, just says,
0: you know, another kind of aggro card. Um, so the yeah. five, three, you mean that one actually I'll play in vintage. Yeah, play
2: yeah. Uh, I think the issue is this card puts the card back in the hand for aggro decks. If anything, I think this is more so going to be your value based uh deck where you're just trying to get minor value like this could be cool if like soul sisters pops up so like you're bouncing mm-hmm. something to gain life or voice yeah, of the yeah. plenty kind of mm-hmm. thing but and play it again that's that's yeah it says up
0: to but i don't think it's a great card um the one i might be more interested in if to, just to talk about one last card here would be how do you guys feel about these allied draw lands like they enter tap they can tap for either of the colors you can pay four and sacrifice it to draw a card I haven't seen them i'm guessing
1: the blue ones will be so like
0: skybridge tower is the one i put down because that's the blue white one and blue white control would be the most obvious place you know they're playing some number of like the blue white cycle land right now Mm -hmm. could this be a fair enough replacement that it's uh you know you get the the land and you get the draw card later Mm. maybe Mm.
2: sadly but you'd say say
0: no no. okay i I think they're interesting i haven't got a chance to test the power level Uh. yet all right, that's going to bring us towards the end of our show. We were going to do a quick, just uh, read off our top five. Mm. I think we're running a little later than I had planned to, uh, but why don't we go ahead and do that? Yeah, I know. So you guys like all these bad cards? So that, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, why don't we go through what you guys said as your top five here?
1: Uh, Ashiak first, sure. Why not?
2: Uh, so I, I'm, I'm the guest, so I get to make my own rules. So I put a top six. Yes. Uh, I put mm. Sticky Fingers mm-hmm. at six because. First off, really cool name. And the fact mm. that you get to did it replaces itself. I don't know. There's a lot of things going for it. I think that card's pretty mm-hmm. dope. Uh I think Unlicensed Hearst will end up being one of the better cards in the set. Uh you'll see a, a lot more ubiquitous with it being in sideboards. Um Endless Detour. I think that's probably gonna make uh Bant Control like the best control deck from coming on uh, from now on. Uh with it being in such a wide range. Uh, I think Lord Xandor has so much power for vampires that that might be one of the top few things that I end up saying. Uh, sorry, that uh, the, hmm. sorry, one of the top few decks in Pioneer, okay. and then I put Triums because I, I, I honestly I do think triumphs are probably going to be first, but I wanted to be edgy and say that Ob's Nicholas is going to be first, so I can shot call it. I think Ob's Nicholas is going to you are going to see a lot of this red black mid rangey burn you out deck. I think that card will be bonkers.
1: Mm. Uh, should I go next, Kevin? Yeah, please go ahead. Um, so I also went with Omnix um, Bliss as my number one. Just There's no contest. He's just going to be the best card in the set. Uh, and, of course, Triumphs, <laughs> Triumphs after that as well. Um, I like Voidrend um, just because that, you know, destroy anything. I think we could see uh, a return to uh, to Esper. Um, they have a lot to gain from, from this set and the Triumphs and everything. Uh, and then my number four was Unlicensed Hearse. Uh, again, I just think it's going to be like in a bunch of sideboards. great card, and uh, my uh, number five was Workshop War Chief. I'm kind of big on this. I think it will be the second coming of of Thirac Tusk. You know, the body with Trample dies, and you know you get more value from it when it dies, and you can put it in haste and draw cards. That that's a lot of, uh, of value from it. So I'm I'm kind of high on it.
0: All right, so for mine, I said Obnix first. I went to, you know, so I don't know what I was thinking when I was making these, maybe. I said number two, Fatal Grudge. Um, I'm interested to see how that one plays out. Number three, I'd said Orb. you guys. After talking to you guys, I realized that's probably more of a fun thing I want to build around and not actually a great card. So I'm going to place that one with Tenacious Underdog, I think is a reasonable card, uh, despite me talking down on it. Uh, four, I'm going to say Giada, the Angel. Five of them say unlicensed hearse and I'm gonna do an honorable mention to Titan of Industry just out of mm. nowhere because you cause Ashak wasn't high on it. I'll be high on one card. For
2: huh. now. <laughs> hey man, we gotta Terry That's gonna
0: bring us to the end of our show though. I've barely got a voice here, so I'm gonna apologize and wrap us up right away. Um thank you guys all for listening. Thank you for joining us on the show, Ashok. Thank you, Ryan, for coming in and talking with me. Uh, this was a lot of fun. If you guys want to hear more Pioneer content, if you want to hear our brews, our upcoming episodes, everything coming out about Pioneer, follow us at MTG Pioneer on Twitter. You can also find a link to our Discord there and to our other socials uh, as well.
1: All right. Um, yeah, you guys can find me on uh Twitter at Yo Japan Hobbyist. So I've been updating a lot of stuff. Uh, about magic the gathering and pioneer in japan so definitely uh give me a follow if you want to hear more about what's going on over here and ashiak how can they reach you
2: uh i got my twitter at dreams of ashiak i recently uh posted a how to get better at paper magic with paper magic events started getting better up it gives you tips and tricks about all you need for your first competitive event back and how to win a big event since i won uh face-to-face edmonton one of the bigger canadian events recently uh nice, nice. i will also be i i since I'm now out of school, I'll be streaming. Uh, I'll once once this new set drops, I'll uh, stream some Pioneer and some Modern. I got tournaments to prep for, so I'm trying to figure out what's broken, and we're gonna see what, how that works out. The, the Twitch is Ashyok mm-hmm. underscore Nightmare underscore Weber. All right
0: great to hear it so go ahead and give Ashok a uh, follow there uh, subscribe if you like and thank you so much again for joining us on the show we appreciate having the uh, the input you know I, I like having a third person to stand in between me and Ryan here because uh, I can't bring all the negativity hmm. and we need we need some of that competitive edge that we don't always have on our own so thank you so much one last time and thank you all for listening uh, hopefully you guys enjoy this episode we look forward to being your go-to source for pioneer information online your first pioneers are reviewing out